Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You say the neon lights are bright. On Broadway, on Broadway, you say there's always magic in the air. On Broadway, but when you walk Hello, all you theater lovers, both out and proud and on the DL, and welcome back to Broadway Breakdown, a podcast discussing the history and legacy of American theater's most exclusive address, Broadway. Uh, normally, we would be doing the big move, but we are on hiatus as we cover the Tony Awards, the history, the legacy, what's the shit show that it's currently at now. Uh, I am your host, Matt Koplick, the least famous and most opinionated of all the Broadway podcast hosts. And with me today is an actor that you might know from Broadway. Uh, he's currently in Book of Mormon as Elder McKinley, or you might know him from social media as an ally. Uh, please welcome to the pod, PJ Adzema. Hey. Hi, PJ. Hi, how are you, Matt? I am so great. For those of you who uh, do not subscribe to the Patreon, you cannot see what PJ is wearing, but it is indeed a fitted Diana the Musical t-shirt. Yes, it is. I wore it just for you. Thank you. Because um, I've, I've seen from your writing that you are a fan, and I, too, am a huge fan of Diana the Musical. I absolutely love it. So you've seen my writing on Instagram, then, I Yes. Think. So I guess you've been on Broadway. You've toured the country. Mm-hmm. You are a social justice warrior. I guess the question on everyone's mind is, when was the moment that the words Matt Koplick meant something to you? <laughs> uh, this year. I'm actually, I'm, I am a huge fan of your writing. Oh, thank you. I really, I, it's been, you know, people have sent it to me and I've been sending it around. I, and, and I'm, I'm here to blow smoke. Please. Like, I find your reviews to be the most essential piece of theater criticism in New York City. Guys... Yeah, I said that. I said that right now. And I said this in full. In, like, I am a huge fan. Mm-hmm. And I think that what you're doing with your platform mm-hmm. th- that is so different from a paper or an establishment is that, like, it is so personal. It is not for any company. It really is just your take on things. And that's what we are so interested in right now. And I love hearing what you have to say about a show because usually I agree with you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, the, the day where you vehemently disagree is the day that it'll be very dramatic. Uh, I don't really desire to be a critic. I just feel like I don't, it's true that I'm still not sure what it is I want to be. You're just a good one. <laughs> Thank and that's you. fine. I think you just have good taste. Thank you. I, I also just feel like uh, we are in a stage right now in the theater community where, we were talking about this off mic, but we can say it on mic because sure. this is not a hot take. No. Everyone's very nice. Not, not everyone is very kind. And I also feel like 
the community is not doing a great job of holding everyone accountable to doing our best work. Yeah. Which is not to say that everything has to be Macbeth, but, you know, if you want to, as I said in my review for Shucks, if you want to be a rowdy, bowdy bitch, stand up and be one, don't be weak socks. Like, everyone, <laughs> like, this is, we, mm-hmm. we all got into this world of show because we love it, because we wanted to make something that lasts, yeah. not necessarily for the followers, for the gram or any mm-hmm. shit like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, fame and fortune is wonderful, but ultimately it's about making something. Yeah, it's about the art form. Yeah, children yeah. children and art, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and I just feel like that conversation isn't really happening so much right now no. because everyone's just so afraid of, oh, what if I offend you? What if, and, and I'm like, it shouldn't be offensive to say I love you or I respect your craft. I wasn't a fan so much of what you did this time. Yeah. I look forward to the next one. Right. But if you, if you can say something constructive in a way that someone else can receive it, mm-hmm. I feel like that is important and that takes not to – you know, toot my own horn, but that does take its own amount of intelligence. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, the people were like only positivity, positivity, only vibes here. I'm like, that's toxic. And no one, no one grows from, I there. agree. It's just, it, it fosters mediocrity. Yeah. It's like, we're not going to talk about how we really feel. And instead we end up with bland art. And I don't think that that's helpful to anybody. That just leads to a million divorces. You yes. Know? Correct. The, the, the number of relationships we've seen where mm-hmm. it's just like, we don't talk about the things. And then eventually five years later, it blows up and it, uh, there's carnage all over the floor. No, no, no. Have the talk. Yeah. Have, have the talk. It's, yeah, you must. And, and, and to, uh, point to your t-shirt as mm-hmm. well as a musical that I talked about, uh, on my Instagram, Bat Cinderella, mm-hmm. when shows like that happen that do not necessarily do well and the, and it's just agreed on in the mainstream that it is not good. The violent negativity towards it is such because everyone's got all these pent up feelings about other things that mm. they can't say outwardly. Oh, and then it's like, Oh, we, sure. we've got the one show now where I have the outlet so we can make the jokes. I'm right. like, yes, like that's not good. No. But like, do I feel the need to just like trash it every day? No, no. mostly because I have the outlets to be like, I also was underwhelmed by New York, New York and such and such and such and yeah. such. And I can talk about it in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I think that um, it's really important to while while you can have high standards and articulate your criticism mm. to never be mean spirited. No. And that's like even even in Diana, why I love Diana so much and I wear its merch proudly is that you everyone up there and on the team was giving a hundred percent and there were so many things that were incredible it just the souffle never rose (laughs) like yeah and that's what i love about you know about this industry is i go into every show hoping that it will blow my mind i am a fan I, i am so desperate for something to get off the ground and succeed and even when it doesn't then i think it's important for us to go, well, why? Yeah. And because we then, it, we are social creatures. We are a, in a social industry and we all are learning from each other all the time, whether we're clocking it or not. And so seeing where did this go wrong? How could this be better? And then having those conversations helps you every time. Yeah. Instead of going, well, I love everything. You're, you're just going to stay bland and not get any better. What you do. 1000, you are numbing your taste buds. So you can't tell. The, I said this in one of my reviews. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell the difference between like ice cream and cottage cheese. Like no. the fuck? Uh, God the, no. That just shows you have no taste, girl. Correct. Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. No. No. Um. What was I gonna say? Fuck. No. I. I always go in hoping something's gonna be great. Diana, I love because it's just two hours, start to finish, of strong and wrong choices. Yeah. But it is the strongest <laughs> of choices. I know. And I'm like, if you're gonna again, if you're gonna be on stage, make a fucking choice. This is the thing: is the worst thing you can do is be boring. Yeah. I listen. I even if you're a per- even as a person, right? It's uh-huh. like I would rather you be an asshole, like this big flamboyant 
personality who moves to the world and has an opinion because at least I can like understand you and respect you for like doing your shit and owning it. Mm. It's when you're trying to not offend anybody and when you're putting me to sleep. That's the one thing you can't do is bore me. I am I am paid to be entertained. You must be entertaining. And Diana is entertaining. Sure is. And so I love it. Yeah, if you're trying to be a non inoffensive individual you're no longer a person you're wallpaper correct yes yeah. and there's a lot of those yes and listen wallpaper is thin it can be pretty and we love both of those things <laughs> but yeah. a wallpaper you can't have conversations with no no, no. Uh, but we're not talking about wallpaper nor are we talking about our personal opinions on my instagram which we mm-hmm. both agree is iconic which is iconic iconic yes uh, as someone and someone who has gone viral many times across from me hey uh we both know what it is to have iconic social media it's it's a new it's a new weird thing yeah how do you feel about it well i've only gone viral twice uh and both times it happened it was so fleeting that i never felt famous i was just like cool people enjoy so like i did i did two things i did a video as every gal in the ensemble of them is amazing uh with each different recording of at the end of the day of that solo and in a bed and (laughs) so i did that and that kind of made the ocean that made the rounds and then i wrote a piece last year that was inspired by a Tony-nominated musical about uh, is this a good song or is the actor just That's singing high? That's a great, great article. I love this. Do you call them articles or do you call them posts? Uh, I, I just call, call it an article. So I call it me I... jerking off onto social ah, media. That's what I call it. I don't know. I, I don't call them anything. Um, I just – I. Anyway, regardless, yeah. I really – I love that and I Thank think you. that it really captures this moment very well, which is, is what any good piece of criticism should. You, though, are doing things that are much more about the social climate. So is it more real? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you also do it in a way that I like because you make it accessible. You are informative while not preaching nor are you being dry. You are making sure it can be absorbed uh, by various people. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think it's just about having a conversation and connecting with people. And for me, I just started doing this because I felt really powerless in this time, right? Mm-hmm. I don't always talk about, I, I rarely talk about Broadway. This is my first like thing that I talk about. I'm talking about politics. I'm talking about, uh, you know, uh, just what it's like to be an American yeah. and and just, just trying to share my perspective because when I do, it makes me feel less alone and crazy. Yeah. And I've been really happy that people have reached out and gone like, oh my gosh, I see you and it's facilitated a conversation yeah and i i don't have the answers to anything i just have my own opinions and i really enjoy fostering a discussion with people because i think if i feel that same way people can feel seen and heard and want to just engage and then you don't feel like you're just getting beat down by wave after wave of bad news yeah that we just seem to have all the time in this country well yes there's always a lot of bad news i will also say there is there's also still good news the, sure. the, the well no there is it's just the the news cycle really uh only gets viewers with negative stuff or Correct. like very controversial stuff uh so there's like a there's a happiness account that i'll look at sometimes just because they're like here's some like 10 good things that happened in the world today yeah that isn't being shared on cnn because that doesn't get viewers i agree uh, yes and that and that's not listen that's just me game recognize game the thing is pj We've gone on for how long, and I don't know, and right. we haven't even gotten to the root of why oh, you're no. here today. Well, I, I, this is, I think we're here because I, I, I think I'm here uh, because I really respect your, your opinions, and I hope you respect mine. And now we can talk about whatever we want, including the Tony Award. Well, that's the thing. Well, So, first of all, yes, fully respect you. I asked you on here not because uh, of your social media following, nor did I ask you because you've got pretty, pretty eyes and a pretty, pretty shirt talking about a pretty, pretty girl <laughs> in a pretty, pretty dress. No, you, I, I 
I've been watching you lately and I'm like, oh, that's someone who I think will have a lot of fun talking to me about something stupid, but also important, mm-hmm. like the Tony, the Tony Awards. Awards. So a lot of this is also because there's a lot of liberty gibbet of like, the fuck is going to happen. What the fuck is going to happen? Yeah. Up until last week, it looked like there might not be a Tony Awards. Yeah. And then last night, it was kind of implied that there would be but now this morning it's sort of like well it still might not happen it's just there's one less hurdle now i cannot keep up yeah I, I, with what it's gonna actually look like yeah but i i it, it's just endlessly fascinating and it facilitates a bigger conversation about where we are in this industry yep and the role they play one of my favorite pieces of criticism it's like for i came out as saying i really think the tony should still happen no matter what yeah. when it was canceled that yeah. was my hot take and a lot of people a lot of people were very upset with me for not blindly being like a strike is meant to be disruptive um, and strikes are supposed to be disruptive but yeah. i also think that it we, needs to facilitate a conversation about the impact of of what it can do to our industry, which is the weakest arm of the entertainment industry. 1,000%. It is already hobbled. It is already needs all the help it can get. And mm-hmm. then to to take away what so many shows are counting on to make it to an extended life past the summer, yeah. it really, it really, it, we need to be talking about this as people who are directly affected by it. And I don't know, I think it's it's important to have opinions about your industry and even if it's just to facilitate conversation and those opinions can change. Like, my opinions have really grown and shifted a lot on the Tony Awards, and I don't know how I feel, but I know that I can't just blindly be like, good, take them away. And while you're taking it away, just close all of Broadway. (laughs) Close it all. To quote Summer in Rick and Morty, it's, uh, and I'm paraphrasing because I just watched the episode last night, it shows greater strength to be flexible than to be stubborn. Damn, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, of course, she's talking about something very specific, sure. uh, which is, you know, if there's any MO for Rick and Morty, it's specificity on that <laughs> show. But I, I stand by that. I, the more information you get, the more your opinions change and the world changes. Yeah. I mean, that's there's a reason why uh, so many progressive minds come from people who have lived in big cities where you just see all walks of life. Because mm-hmm. the truth is, when you go on social media or you read in the paper about different kinds of people, it doesn't actually give you insight into who those people really are. Mm-hmm. So people have all these prejudices because they don't see it up front. They don't interact with people. And as you said, conversations are where the greatest changes happen. It's, right. it's It seems insignificant at the time, but it's in increments, right? right? The yes. more people you just talk to and converse with and not fucking lecture to yeah i totally agree yeah. you should never <laughs> you should do more listening than talking yeah uh we say this as somebody who is currently on broadway in a show all about preaching hey uh, hey but mocking preaching yes yes correct uh but so let's set the scene in terms of this tony's and what's been happening sure. with it uh there's a guild a little known guild known as the writers guild of america and they are currently on strike yes yes uh why are they on strike pj um, they're on strike uh, because the studios basically it's it's about fair wages. So a lot of um, writers are living paycheck to paycheck in an industry that makes billions mm-hmm. of dollars for people who are at the top of that industry, and so it's an unfair distribution of where that money goes, especially um, when it comes to the creators who are essential for churning out the content that then makes so much money. Without writers, there are there is nothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that we are at a point now where um, it's it's important for these writers to be getting a, a piece of the thing that they create. Yeah. And the ripples of this uh, strike are, touch the entire in- entertainment industry. 1,000%, yeah. And it's th- it, this will connect later on as we talk about Broadway, but a lot of the issues that have arisen mm-hmm. are because of uh, 
changes in the industry since the last negotiation, specifically with streaming, but also even network TV has taken advantage of the older rules of the guild in terms of contracts and payment and have used it to manipulate to pay writers less. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, running costs are still getting higher with uh, television production, but the money's not going to writers. It's going to other places. And, uh, you know, they're not – the studios, it's the Alliance of Movies and TV Producers. Yes. That's – I believe yes. that is the organization that – it's AMTP, yes. AMTPA. Yes. They are making millions. The companies themselves are making billions. And what they're doing is not technically illegal, but they will do things like they will shortchange a writer's contract and get as much content out of them in as short a period of time. And they will pay them – technically fairly for the amount of time they put in, they've just now truncated the amount of time they work. Mm. And they have have found other loopholes of like, well, you're not a producer, so you don't get to be on set, whereas a lot of writers get to be producers on TV shows or used to be anyway. Mm -hmm. Royalties and residuals are a changing game now because there's so few reruns on TV. Every, mm -hmm. If everything is streaming, that means you know you can watch Friends on HBO Max as much as you want, and there's no there hasn't been a negotiation about how that works, right? Because the last time there was a negotiation, streaming was brand new, yeah, and it was like basically Hulu and Netflix, yeah, and Netflix wasn't really doing, uh, they weren't doing original content yet, and I think they were mostly doing movies at the time, mm -hmm. so just the, that negotiation hadn't happened. What's oh, the Wild West now? Yeah, it, it, we are in real time, and then on top of it, it's AI. Yeah, we're, and AI. We're, we're looking into the future, into the abyss, and going, oh, we're unprotected. Yeah. And if, if they keep up the, the creative business practices yeah. that have screwed writers out of money, they will not stop. No. And so this is really to put in the, the buffer and protections needed for writers to make sure that they can have a, 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 just a livable wage yeah. in an already very difficult industry to break into and thrive in. And... To be fair to the asshole producers, we as a viewing audience mm -hmm. have made the case for them that they don't need writers yeah. because we watch so much fucking garbage. Yeah, it's true. The reality TV that people consume, the bad scripted <laughs> content that people consume just so they can make a YouTube video deconstructing the badly scripted content. <laughs> like the number of YouTubers who have blown up from just destroying the Pretty Little Liars reboot or the Gossip Girl reboot. And I'm like, well, you're still giving them mm – -hmm. Uh, viewership, and even right. though eventually they will cancel it, you're drawing attention to the content they're making. Even fucking, you yeah. know, Emily in Paris, which is taken over the world by people just hating it. Yeah, I'm like, how about you just show them that you want quality crap by not watching the bad shit or not watching Love Is Blind or The Circle all the fucking so time. It's so hard though, but it's junk food. It it's is. built like junk food, and you're and people consume things for comfort, and sometimes and and in an overstimulated, overworked crazy economy where you're maybe working three jobs and you come home and you're exhausted it's like maybe i can't handle succession maybe i need love is blind to just be dumb comfort food at the end of the day like Which there's I, a need for all of it i support it i have my own dumb comfort food, 100%. but the you cannot live on cheetos alone i agree and the, i just feel like there's so little people are allowing themselves stimulation on a visual sense on you know just uh audio sense but not actually mentally intellectually I completely agree and I can only stand by people watching like the Real Housewives of blank if they are also stimulating their brains in other ways I completely agree outside of going on social media and being like problematic you yeah. know yeah. And, and also I want to say this about you something I really like what you do uh, I already talked about like how you will um, share information and try to make it in a uh, relatable consumable way 
I like that because so many people will just like repost an article and say this is bad. I'm like, okay, but can we talk about it? Yeah, Should, yeah. Like let's let's get. What's the your opinion on the reading? And like <laughs> yes, and like also get the information out there and mm-hmm. don't just like uh, propagate immediate things that you read. Like read three other articles. Make sure you have mm-hmm. the right take because mm-hmm. there. There have been some breaking news items that ended up not being true in the last like year, and right. people would just like share the first immediate thing. Yeah. And, so, and it, point is, point is the Tony Awards. The Tony, <laughs> well, so this all comes back to the Tony right. Awards. So the Writers Guild has been on strike, uh, and there are a lot of other uh, contracts that are up for negotiation soon, which will uh, come back to the Tony Awards. But all the guilds have shown solidarity mm-hmm. with the writers uh, because the only way for these accommodations to happen is if there is no budging whatsoever right. from any of the guilds and does have disruption. Now, there are certain things that uh, will take a little longer for studios to feel the repercussions of because a lot of content has already been greenlit yep. and is getting produced. Yep. So like, there is a backlog of stuff that is getting done. Right. But that also means they have to change their platforms of uh, how they – spread out their content over the next like two years because of mm-hmm. less stuff. So it, it's not, they're not feeling the heat right now, but they are going to feel it in a and year. And the only way that they, that this strike works is to last a long time. Exactly. And uh, the more guilds go on strike with them, like the DGA is about to have their contracts uh, come to a close mm-hmm. and they might go on strike in a few weeks, which we'll talk about with the Tonys as well. This is to say uh, the Tony Awards, which is technically speaking, not a, you know, it's not a show with like a third act, three act structure. It's not a, it's not succession, you know, no. it's not all these characters no. saying dialogue, but there are writers involved. Yes. Like any award show. Exactly. There are bits that have to be done. For example, Miss DeBose did not sing Angela Bassett did the thing impromptu. That was scripted. Yes, it was. Someone, and, and rehearsed. And, and rehearsed yes. by everyone. Yes. Uh, her opening number last year for the Tonys scripted by writers in the guild yep. and, and directed by someone who's in the DGA. Yeah. And so the Tony Awards, the Tony Award Committee and the Broadway League requested a waiver from the WGA saying, let us please do the ceremony on the 11th as is. We really, really need this. It's essential to our industry. Yes. <laughs> and the WGA said no. And a lot of people on Broadway got very upset at yeah. first. And they yeah. said, this is going to be detrimental to the business, to a lot of shows this season. They really count it, like you were saying. Yeah, that's me. I was one of them. Yep. I, yeah. Yeah. And that is true. Yes. But also, as we were saying, we do need to show loyalty. If we're going to make change, we have to have the disruption. Correct. It's unfortunate that Broadway can be a casualty, but it does shine a brighter light on a lot of the business practices that Broadway has been doing for a while, but especially post-COVID. Uh-huh. That is not working. No. It's almost as if it's time to innovate. What? Whoa. What's the word? Innovate? Innovate? We don't do that. Not in this town. No. Uh, you know, it, it brings me back to, you know, we are a, there are, Broadway's so hard, but there's zero margin for error, mm. right? Like we, the only way you're making money is if your show is a hit and sold out. Mm-hmm. If it's, if it's a, a damn good show that's running at half capacity, you will close. Yeah. And it's really hard right now in an age where, again, we have more streaming than ever, when we've got more entertainment than ever, when we walk around with a supercomputer in our pocket, how do you keep this archaic art form alive and pure, but also get it in front of as many eyeballs as possible? Mm-hmm. And the Tony Awards are essential because it gets 
the shows in front of middle America, in front of the people who don't live on the coasts, who are going to plan their vacation and come into the city and go, oh, I want to see that. It looked really good mm -hmm. on the Tony Awards. Even if they don't watch the whole ceremony, uh, they can watch the YouTube video that gets passed around, that it can then play on Good Morning America. Like, these are the very few opportunities we have to get a production number in front of a camera so people can get excited about the show. Absolutely. Um, and the fact that so many people have been commenting on my things saying, uh, the fact that the whole industry hinges around one night means that this, <laughs> that this industry is in trouble. And I said, yes. Yeah. You're right. Exactly. And post COVID, uh, we're looking, we need to now innovate. We need to find a way to not be so beholden to this one show that barely, people barely watch anyway. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, uh, reflective of how many people go to Broadway. Like Broadway, when, even when it does well, mm -hmm. is not the same as a movie doing no, well. Gosh, so like, no. And like the Oscars, you know, go up and down as well, yeah. but more people go to the movies than go to Broadway. It's just, it's more accessible. It's a hundred percent. It's cheaper. It's, and there's more of them around there. Same thing with television, the Grammys. Uh, so like, even though, yes, let's say people are like, Oh, 4 million people. How much can that do? I'm like, even if like, a tenth of those people buy tickets that next week that you've just sold out like a year run of a, a show. A hundred percent. And you've given how many people jobs? Yeah. Like it's, it, I know the numbers are small, but it's because this is such a small ecosystem. Mm -hmm. It's so tiny. And then the ripples of it, it's, it's so unstable. Like it really is. It, it's, it's, this per this perfect little ecosystem and everything has to go right in order for you to have a hit. And it, just the devastation of not having a Tony Awards would just wipe out so many shows mm -hmm. that could then go on to have long lives and change lives yeah. and give people the security for the first time in their lives to, you know, leave leave their waiting jobs and don't ha and and stop babysitting and save and get get out of break into an industry and stay there as opposed to getting into the industry and being shut out of it again and not knowing when the next time you're going to have that production contract come yeah. through. It's a, this cyclical nature of Broadway is a double-edged sword. And it's one that I think people aren't as aware of as they should be. Because on the one hand, we don't wish anyone out of work. Never. Maybe Kevin Spacey. But other than, <laughs> other than that, I don't, we, think, I don't think you have to wish anymore. I nah. think it worked. It worked. We did it, Joe. We did it. So, but you know what I mean? Like, we don't wish anyone out of work. No. I want every show to be a hit. Yes. But then we have these conversations of, well, we need more representation. We need more stories of mm -hmm. different uh, ecosystems in this, in this world. To which I say, great. The only way that can happen on Broadway is a show's got to close for another show to come in. Yep. That's, just, that's just the sure. fucking circle of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so every time a show closes... While I mourn the people who are losing their jobs in that moment, I then get excited for the people who will be getting new jobs in a new story yeah. coming on in. Great. And and the problem is, as you said, like for a show to be successful on Broadway now, just the way that shows are capitalized, the way the running costs work, uh, you know, it's got to run at – well, actually, no, sorry. It doesn't have to. There is a – they'd like it to. Well, <laughs> well, there's a myth here. And I've talked about this before, and I'm going to throw it under the bus right now just because it's such an easy target. Great. It does not cost $3 million a week to run Hamilton. It just does not. Uh, it, I think at this point it probably costs maybe a million or maybe a little mm. less. There are some shows that obviously cost way more than right. others, and people will be very surprised at how running costs do work on Broadway. But 
when Hamilton was at its prime, grossing like $3.3 million a week, and when they went from the like main ticket being $850 for an orchestra seat, wow. and Lin-Manuel Miranda took to social media and he said, guys, we added like a whole second row of $10 ham for hams, and this is why we did it, to offset the cost of that. And I love Lynn, and he's been such he's such a wonderful champion of Broadway, and he's like definitely our most famous person out there, mm-hmm. and he's a good person. Mm-hmm. But that was bullshit. Uh, great. It was a bullshit excuse. Right. Because they would be grossing $3.3 million a week, and it does not cost that much to run Hamilton. No. At that point, when they were grossing that much, it probably cost about $1.1. So that's $2 million that's just going to Lynn, to the entire creative team. And that's, like, listen. Yeah. And make they, your money. That's a hit Broadway ex- show. Exactly. That's what you want. They call them Angela Bassett because they did the thing. Yeah. And so, like, I'm not, I'm not saying you do not deserve that money, honey. No, you do deserve that money. But if we're talking about how Broadway can be so inaccessible because of its pricing, mm-hmm. the fuck are we doing here? Like, do you need that $2 million profit? I mean, obviously, if you can get it, that's how capitalism works, right? If you, if you can charge it and people are willing to pay, you, right. do, you do the fucking thing. Right. Same thing with Music Man. But there are other shows this season that are struggling. Yep. And they would rather have 200 empty seats in the theater then sell them at $40. There we go. Now that's I completely I think that that is a brilliant thing that you just said because we've painted ourselves in a corner by mm. making these tickets so prohibitively expensive, yeah. right? Cuz we've also then in capitalism it's like if you don't if you're not making more money this year than you did last year, then you've m- failed. Yeah. And that's like you're doomed cuz it's just going to balloon and balloon and balloon and balloon and balloon and you're going to feel like you're poor when you're still richer than than anyone could have imagined you could be 20 years ago in this industry. It's why I hate the fucking break-in headline news on Playbill and Broadway World Wars. Like, such and such broke the house record for uh, this year. I'm like, you didn't sell more tickets than a show mm-hmm. from 40 years ago. Right. You're just charging 30,000 times more for the ticket. I, yeah, I completely agree. Like, what if? And I think it would just take a brave, it would take a brave, brave soul to be like, Fuck it, forty bucks the yeah. whole thing. But guess what? We're sold out, and now everyone's talking about it. And that, like, like again, there. Are, if you're gonna close anyway, mm-hmm. try everything. <laughs> well, so okay, if you look at the grosses that just came out this week, mm-hmm. we're recording this on a Tuesday, everybody, for the Thursday launch. Yeah. Uh, you look at the grosses. There are some shows that have higher capacity but way less money. Mm. And obviously, some you know. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'm I'm gonna say. Let's do it. it. Say it. You look at the grosses this week for Kimberly Akimbo and Some Like It Hot. Right. Some Like It Hot had a major jump of like a hundred K, which is great. Right. Kimberly Akimbo, I think, was something around like seventy K, something like that. Kimberly Akimbo had more had a higher uh capacity this week mm-hmm. than Some Like It Hot. And in fact, has had a higher capacity for its entire run than Some Like It Hot pretty much ever has. Mm. Some Like It Hot is in a theater uh with about eight hundred more seats. So its grosses are always just naturally higher, but they have been Filled to like sixty to seventy percent capacity for months now. Right. Whereas Kimberly right. Kimbo has been like consistently eighty five to ninety five percent because the producers of Kimberly or Kimbo are just like we got to get to the Tonys yep. and it's like anything it takes to get butts in the seats. Yep. If that means papering, if that means going on TDF, yep. and people like the show yeah. are talking about the show. I am biased. I like and see the I shows. Love as the as show. Yeah. yeah that's right. But so I think that is far more. Um, effective producing than just sort of sitting there with your arms crossed and be like, well, we're only going to do TDF for the balcony of the Schubert because God forbid we, you know, let people who are poor come see our show. Jeez. Yeah. 
I'm like, just get the fucking butts in get the seats. Get butts in seats because then it's word of mouth, right? Especially Absolutely. right now with Tony's coming and, and you want the New York community, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like New York has to love you yeah. in order to be a hit first. It's like you, I, like you need you need to have the local be like, oh my gosh, you have to get in to see. That is what gets out. the tourists in. Yeah, 100%. Is, if New York, if tourists come in and tor- and all of New York is like, this is what everyone's going right, to see. Because they're, they're asking their friends who live here. They're asking their, you know, it's like I'm in town. And it's like so-and-so. It's like, what should I see? I get asked all the time. What should I see? What should I see? What should I see? Mm-hmm. And right now, like I'm going to. I'm going to be able to pitch you the shows better than a poster can. Yeah. And and so you you must be a New York darling. And you can do that by doing exactly what you're saying. Yeah. By getting New Yorkers to come see your show. That's the thing that Shucked has done. And they it's it's very, um, I've said this before, it's very deja vu from, some, like, uh, from Something Rotten of mm. starting previews with very low prices, just getting sold out houses and getting New York to talk about yeah. you. Yeah. Yes, and that is and and there it works. It's working for them now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll see how long it lasts because again, it's Broadway. How long does anything last? Right. But it's working right now. Yeah, and that's the important thing. Yeah, Which, it's great. Yeah, it's, I, we love to see it. I know, absolutely. And on that note of positivity, let's take a break. Hey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. So the new development uh, after the WGA said no waivers, which they said it just like that. They say no waivers <laughs> in this ceremony. No waivers. Yeah, it's the way Carol Channing says raspberries. Ras- I, I, my favorite. I heard for the first time about the raspberry story mm-hmm. about like why she says it. Yeah. I read that too. Explain. Do we do we, do do we agree do we, or disagree? Do we buy it? Do we buy it? I love the idea. Apparently, so she says raspberries, and yeah. it's very weird and out of nowhere. And apparently, it's because in the script it says that the White Queen blows a raspberry. It's a uh, thoroughly modern Millie. Isn't that? It's, oh, excuse it's, me. It's, it's Muslim oh, and thoroughly I, modern. I, Millie. Sorry, I've got it. I've got it confused with jam tomorrow jam yesterday yeah. but never and did. yet you call yourself an ally i uh, you know i gotta say i'm proving myself to be a bad one in this moment forgive sure. me carol channing stands but the fact that um, you're not looking good one so just so you know <laughs> continue um but the fact is that it was written that uh she blows a raspberry and and she didn't know what that meant so yeah. she just said it yeah which is delightful it's, to me well so my assumption is if that if it is true it was like at the table reading you know sure. she, she got the script and she was like raspberry and, and they went, said, keep it. Keep it, yeah. yeah. Which, listen, there are crazier stories about Carol 100%, Channing. 100%. Yeah. Some that I she, buy it completely. Yeah, some that she has said herself. Have you ever read the book, Nothing Like a Dame? No, should I? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, <laughs> a glowing endorsement of, mm, yeah. Yeah, you should. It's, it's good. Okay, great. But Carol, I mean, Carol's is 
it, she's dead now, so it's kind of sad. But at the time, it's it was okay. sort you of die. You, you're entitled you're to entitled die. You're entitled to die. Especially, she worked hard. Yeah. She lived a life. She got to a very old age. Yeah. But she was, I guess she had found out like a few years prior that she was like 150th African American or something like oh that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. And the interviewer was talking to her about it. And she's like, well, I guess that accounts for my musical talent. Oh, no. Carol. Yeah. And then, Carol. She, and then he was like, well, what do you feel about drag queens impersonating you? She's like, I don't get it. You're impersonating Daddy Levi. That's not me. And I go, girl, oh. you are you in everything you do. You are you. You are just you. You, everything 100%. and that's yeah. what makes a, an iconic star like that is she just floating she's floating through life and we're like do this now yeah now do this she's <laughs> <laughs> you're our toy she's miss vanjie yeah she's correct. she's the miss vanjie of broadway actresses we're like 100 yeah like i can't tell you what you're doing is craft but it's compelling no it's compelling it's like yeah, yeah i completely agree but so yes i to quote carol channing yes the raspberries the raspberry they said no waivers and no, there we are we're back. and so then there was the whole like well will the tonys happen right and then Yesterday, they said, "Well, we've now got a new clearance, which is just that uh, with they have a, the the league and the Tony committee has agreed to make some concessions, mm-hmm. and we don't know what those concessions are yet, but they were enough for the WGA to say we will not picket the Tony which Awards. Is huge, yes, it means that anyone who's attending is no longer crossing uh, picket lines, right? Which is yeah, no one, no one's going to be like a scab, which right. is great, which is great, but that is people have mistaken that headline for we have a Tony Awards now." That is not what is being said. Tell me, what do we have? We well, it's just one less hurdle. Okay. Because even so, we have no writers for this telecast, which means there can't be any banter. There can't even really be um, copy for uh, Tony categories being presented. It, producers can sort of write basic filler on the day. I'm pretty sure. Okay. We had a similar situation in 1988. Okay. There was a writer's strike at the time and that was the year of into the woods and phantom and from what i understand what they did in that ceremony was producers kind of wrote very very basic copy okay on the day great and there was no rehearsal there was just fine it was on the teleprompter and people just had to read it like in the moment wow and so that might the concessions might be different now but that is what it was at the time was uh you know anything that's being written and said there's no rehearsal for it. You just say it live on telecast, which, okay. Oh, fun. Here yeah. we go. Here we go. Here we, here we go, Geraldine. Can't wait. Yeah. So maybe it'll be this, a similar thing, or it could be that there's no copy whatsoever. Maybe. Because I believe one of the concessions is no one can have a role on this telecast that would be fulfilled by a Writers Guild member. Got it. Right. But on top of that, you know, if the Directors Guild is going to be in alliance with the Writers Guild and their contracts are coming up very close to the telecast map, maybe even like right before. Really, there could be directors on strike, and therefore there might be no one to direct oh the ceremony. Oh my gosh, it's going to be a total shit show. Yeah, <laughs> well, th- th- this is just this is just a what if. Sure. So anything you know, we don't again, we don't know what the concessions are, we don't know what they're planning, but also knowing the Broadway League, no one's coming up with smart ideas right now. No. This, this is Charlotte St. Martin. She no. of the well, swings go on and audiences are disappointed. No. Oh, God. I can't believe that that's a real thing. I know. That actually happened. People are disappointed by the understudies. And I'm like, ma'am. Ma'am. Sutton Foster, Archie McDonald, Kelly O'Hara, Victoria Clark, all understudies in their youth. Yes. Who's ever been upset by seeing them on stage? Nobody ever. Not in the history of (sighs) ma'am. It's tough. It's really hard. It's really hard when this innovation that we need is going to come 
from the experienced youth in the industry and the experienced youth in the industry is almost never in charge. No. <laughs> and so you're absolutely right. Like this, this, this time when innovation is so needed, yeah. we, I don't necessarily think have the leadership that's, that's capable of stepping up and, and doing that. Yeah. Or yeah. And, and, and this actually mirrors one of the things about the writer's strike that's happening. You know, we have, we have youth that's passionate and mm -hmm. intelligent and cares and wants to come up with all these ideas, but they don't have the experience of leadership yet to like make those creative decisions right now. No. Which is that no. they, or they're not in the seat of power yeah. to be able to do so. They've but, got a lot of big ideas, but they're not in the driver's seat. Yes. But our, our current generation of leadership is not making room for those younger generations to come in and start learning and absorbing so they can make those decisions. Right. Which is one of the things in the writer's guild that they're striking about is a lot of writers are not getting the experience of a writer's room of producing on set of all these mm. things you're supposed to do while working on a television show or on a movie. So you can learn. So you can learn. And so they're they're making a very quick buck that they that only lasts them so long, but they're not actually gaining the experience they need to gain for a prolific career. I think that that's absolutely brilliant. And yeah, we're not grooming. You're not actively mentoring people yeah. and going, look how it's done. This is, th remember, this is how you succeed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because the thing is, I, and I've, I've talked about this like with Gen Z and shit is, you know, I love the passion of our younger generation mm -hmm. politically and socially. Yeah, I think yeah. that's amazing. They do lack a little bit of real world experience to know like how to put, take, put into effect their passion. Yeah. And, and like, this is the change I want to see in the world. Great. How do you re realistically make that happen? Right. Because once you get put into a position of power and you see how limited so many avenues are, mm -hmm. it's harder to make that change happen. But that's – again, you need that experience to know that. Right. And, and, and it takes it that partnership across generation, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's exactly, exactly what we're missing is like people who are going, we know how to do it and we, we're in charge here mm -hmm. and don't worry, we've got this. As opposed to from a position of authority reaching out and taking, and, and taking ideas, having conversations, facilitating – uh, the the getting the I, the inspiration from the youth and then applying your know-how from years of experience yeah. and finding the best possible answer because at the end of the day it's a team sport yeah this is one ecosystem I keep using that word but it's like uh, we in a in such an individual based I can do this ego ego town we can't do it alone in an ecosystem in an ecosystem. Hey. Sorry, I had to. I love it. I love it too. It's I'm, great. I'm pleased. In ecosystem, it's, it's, it's adorable. Bada bing, bada boom. Um, She's but, a writer. But we must. But we 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 do live and die by each other. Yeah. I need you to succeed, and so that I may succeed, and I hope that my success brings success for you as well. And I don't think that we ha that has been what our industry has thrived on in the past, but clearly with Broadway, you know, you know, everyone's saying Broadway's dead, Broadway's dying. It's always, it's, it's always the thing. Yeah. It's been dying for a hundred years. Huh? Yeah. But uh, we must then in, invest in this thing together so that we may all thrive. Yeah. I don't think Broadway's dying. I will be perfectly honest. And I will say, I think Broadway has become a little less special. Uh, there was a brief, and another reason why the Tonys are, slightly getting extinct and also why the whole system needs to change. It's also just like the work that we've been putting out there, which mm -hmm. is all perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Very little of it is truly exciting on a national level. Yeah. There was a brief moment in the, in a couple of years ago, it was the double whammy of Hamilton followed by Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Where two musicals on Broadway were in the national conversation. Yeah. With songs that were making it onto the radio and yep. we were going, Oh, 
theater is now back at the we can do it yeah, yeah. We're, we're in the pop culture yeah. uh, zeitgeist again fantastic and then we kind of let it slip through our fingers well I think COVID came and killed well, us <laughs> before COVID though uh, like because after the Evan Hansen year was the Spongebob bands visit Mean Girls year which you know, sure we have we had Mean Girls and Frozen doing financially well. We yep. had Bands Visit, which was a critical hit and was able to run a year and a half and make some money. Mm-hmm. None of those shows, though, were of the Evan Hansen Hamilton. Here we go. We have a no. Fo- I completely agree, but also I don't think it's a, it's it's realistic to be like every year you're gonna have the one because even in the, there was in the golden age there was every year every year no nonstop. There, you're right. Yeah, there was something, and not even just like the the conversation we're having from this show, but more just sort of like everyone's excited about this show, even if it's something like the fucking Music Man. Yeah, yeah everyone yeah. was excited about the Music Man. Yeah. Yep. And I and it just it's a we're and we'll get back to Tony's in a quick second, but it's all part of it's one thing. It's one giant Aurora Spider Woman web. Uh, <laughs> but um, but like there is so much good that has come out, but not in a way where it's and I'm gonna blow smoke up PJ's ass again in the way that you do, like vital information, uh, compelling, uh, you know political stuff in a way that is accessible. Mm-hmm. There's so much right now where I'm like, this is really interesting and very smart. It is so not accessible because mm. you, because the people involved are so smart, they're not thinking about an audience. Right. And then the people who are thinking about the audience are like, I want to put absolutely no thoughts into the audience's head. And then we get confused when audiences treat shows like it's a Vegas strip tease. Uh. I'm like, well, if you don't, if you want audiences to be engaged with you and treat you with respect, give them a show worth respecting. Right. I, I think you're, you're touching on something that I, that I'm very passionate about, which is just like it, who is it for? Yeah. It needs to be for the people in the audience. Yeah. It You need to have a show for them and you can write a show for you and that's great, but you have to know that it's going to be inaccessible. Mm-hmm. You need to, to do both. You need to do the magic trick of writing the thing for you and then reaching out and planting it into the audience's brain mm-hmm. and 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 you can do both and when you do do both you have you have the greatest hits of our industry yeah and and, and we've had some of them yes. I, I don't want to be like it was only good back in the day first no. of all neither of us were alive back in no. the day but <laughs> we've had some i just i wish we had it a little more frequently and there's I agree. and it's listen there is no one answer right no it's, absolutely not. it's Part of it is we are not – there aren't as many avenues to hone creativity. People aren't given as – like because of the ecosystem of our ecosystem. (laughs) Yes, love it. Writers don't have as many opportunities to try and fail. It's sort of like you – Hello. Like the number of times Sondheim failed before he succeeded. Oh, I think about this all the time. It's it's, we don't have – we have – the stakes are so high now that like one, we're not taking creative risks because what if it fails? It's cost us like millions and millions and millions of dollars as opposed to like a a modest investment. Yeah. And two, we don't have – an off-Broadway no. community. We don't have a place where I can go take a weird thing, put it in front of people, hone my skills, and then I'm ready for Broadway. We've got all these people who are like <laughs> making their songwriting debut <laughs> or Broadway songwriting debut on Broadway for the first time as opposed to having a, a place in the city that, that actually you can make a living telling stories on a smaller scale so you can get good at it yeah. and then do it for the, the big, big bucks. Yeah. The only thing we've had recently, and I'm I'm so fucking thrilled that it exists. Mm-hmm. We have Titanic. Yeah, let's which, talk about that. Yeah. Well, so first of all, that is the first 
new work off-Broadway that has like actually been a hit. Yeah, that's caught and fire. It, that has caught fire and has like maintained its off-Broadway hit status, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I love. Yeah. Now, granted, and this is I don't mean this as a slight to any of the creators on that show because I've I have a review of it and I say how baller that show is. Yeah. They are they do use a previously known work that you no. Know, Everyone knows. Yeah. It's, so, it's a part of the parody musical genre. Yes. It is the best of its kind. And, and and the thing they happen to be parodying is one of the most successful and iconic and recognizable movies of all time. Correct. And so the, you have that sort of synergy of, you know, the movie and Celine and all that stuff. But the if the show weren't good, it would not have taken fire like it has. No, of course not. They, no. would, they would have gotten butts in the seats for like the first three or four weeks, and people would have been like, oh, cool idea, and it's, it's fine enough. Sure. But no, it is so inventive, it is so smart about how stupid it is, that it has been able to maintain. Yeah. And I wish, of all the shows this year, of this season, I feel like everyone should just look at Titanic, rather than anything on Broadway mm. this season, of just like, Knowing what you are, doing it to the best of your abilities, finding the right space, the right cast, embracing the weirdness, and not getting too big for your britches. Yeah. And finding success in that mold. I'm not going like, well, we could always make more money. It's like, no, no. We are perfect right where we are, and we can maybe even like last longer staying here and yeah. not going bigger. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think it, the, it, they know their audience. Yeah. They know. They, it's a love letter to the people who are walking in the door. Yeah. They're saying, hey, you guys are going to love this. Mm-hmm. And and they do, and then they tell their friends. And I think that, that I, I love everything you just said um, about about learning from them because, again, it, it's, it's, it's teaching us and showing us in real time what works mm-hmm. and what we want, yeah. what people are going to get jazzed and excited about. And... Uh, yeah, I, and I, I love I love that grassroots feeling that mm-hmm. organic. Again, New York loves Titanic. Yeah, you know more sure, than yeah. any other show in town. I think right absolutely now. no. That is the show that uh, New York has very much embraced over right. anything. Yeah, and I think I talked about this on an episode recently. Of sort of, um, I had a guest who he lives in Canada, and he was asking like, what are the shows this season that New York has embraced? And I didn't even say Titanic because we were talking about the Tonys. Right. So I was trying to be like, like I was like, Kimberly Akimbo, kind of, uh, you know. Something like it hot, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the only Broadway show this season that all of New York has been like, we love you, is Parade. And before that was probably Into the Woods, but that's closed right. and done. Yeah, yeah, correct. Uh, of what's currently running, I feel like Parade is the only show this season where everyone's like, yas, yes, queen, absolutely. we love you, work. I've heard no bad things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen. No, like, object. No, yeah. like you can skip it. Everyone's like, go, oh, yeah, no, but go. Sure. think about this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, so I wrote in my review about it. I was like, there's one thing that I would call, like, an artistic blemish, and I had people DM me asking what I meant. And uh, have you seen it? No, right. yet. Are you you're, are you gonna? I would love to. Yeah, I, I know you. you have We're your busy. Show. Well, That's you don't think that I hate. You don't can do what? Can I talk about what I hate? You can go first. In go a go minute. Go. First of all, you don't have Wednesday matinees. You can uh, go see a matinee. I know exactly, but that's the thing is that like I that's my one chance to see every in a month's time. I won't be able to hit every show before the Tony Awards. Well, then I can tell you what you, what's worth it. Okay, there you go. That's why I rely on your reviews, which I love so much. Hallelujah. Thank you. Um, but so <laughs> there is one thing that Michael Arden does that I'm like Michael. That's that's not a good choice, okay. and unfortunately, you do it twice. But the rest of the time, it's lovely. And then there, are, I also have just swing and miss. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Make a strong and wrong choice, make baby. A choice. Make, make a, a choice. choice. I don't care. Uh, and then you know, just be good. There's also I have issues with Parade as a musical. For if you want to know those issues, you can listen to my Parade episode. But Parade is a good show. It just, it's got the bumps as many shows do. Sure. Yeah. I, I think I can name on one hand the number of musicals that are just like impenetrably perfect 100% yeah, yeah I'm not asking you to be perfect I'm asking you to be entertaining I love you you're not perfect so yeah. never change so never change um, yeah. and we're going to talk about you and your show schedule in just a second how, I don't even remember how we got to all this Titanic being weird oh uh, but I feel like I want 
I, I there's always the idea of you need to have uh, a thought, two opposing thoughts in both pockets. Mm. I think about uh, Sherry and A. Scott in Everyday Rapture, you know, uh, I'm a speck of dust and the universe was created for me. <laughs> and that's, I mean, honestly, that's always how I write my reviews is I have something to say and I'm fucking nobody. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely, I as a creative, I completely feel the same way where I'm like, this is me and I'm an idiot. Yeah. Like, if you want to listen to what I have to say and take it seriously, that's on you because I'm not taking it seriously. No, yeah. I, I believe in what I say, but also I don't believe in me. Well, no, shit. I'm not, I've got convictions and I, and I have lived a life and here are my opinions but I, I am not God and no. other people are smarter than me. Yeah. I, it's what I say about actors and writers, you know, take the work seriously, not yourself. Love that. Um, and Love that. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, it's like the shows you're working on, you know, give it your all, but never say like, it's me, I'm I'm the moment, it's me. Well, and also nobody's curing cancer here. We sing and dance for a living. Hi. Anybody yep. who, and listen, take, your, take yourself seriously, believe in the craft, but at the end of the day too, like zoom out a bit mm -hmm. and see that we are a luxury <laughs> industry yeah. that's providing a luxury service and we are lucky to do what we do well again it's the it's the two pockets baby yeah. because you do have that we're not curing cancer but we are creating something that can last and something that cre that can offer uh, a reprieve or a stimulant to someone who might be in a bad moment like totally. the like the garbage tv shows you were you were yes. so graciously yes. letting yes. stupid america love and, uh -huh. and enjoy and i'm like no death to them all death to them all <laughs> hey listen i agree i don't watch them i don't know yeah i listen i i watch great british bake-off that's that great. Is, that is my that is my cantoons. But so, uh, but I also I would say before we move on from that too. But it's like like you can't uh, when you're holier than thou. I actually think you have a harder time making the thing that's great. Yeah, but anyway. well, so there are creatives who are holier than. One hundred percent. I say to that like, why? Yeah, <laughs> no. I think it's you're hurting yourself. I think you're hurting yourself. Absolutely. If you think that you're smarter, for even if you are smarter, if you walk around going, I am smarter than the audience. I'm smarter than the people around me. I'm smarter than my contemporaries. It's like, first of all, you've got nothing to strive or prove. You're nope. just you're coming from a high horse. Yep. You always want. You're not reaching. For anything, you're lowering yourself down for something, and mm -hmm. no one ever wants to feel condescended to. Mm -hmm. And you're also not collaborating then, because you're no. not going to let. And and this is a, again, this is a team sport. Mm -hmm. You need to uh, you need to be reaching out and going. You're great at this. Help me. <laughs> Do you listen to the Office Ladies podcast? Uh, no. Did you ever watch The Office? Uh, yes, I have. Okay. Uh, so Office Ladies, it's Jenna Fisher and Angela McKenzie. Oh, great. Uh, Angela, sorry, I'm like Angela Kinsey. Uh, who are Pam and Angela from the mm -hmm. show. And they're doing a deep dive rewatch and they bring people on. What they talk about what made that show so special was the show creator and he made sure that this lasted even when he was no longer really working on it was the best idea wins. That's Doesn't exactly matter who it. or where or when it comes. So like there there are there are all these classic moments from the office that are a combination of someone wrote a scene and then on the day an actor had an improvisation and then like a prop went wrong so the prop master did something else and that made the joke better. Yes. Yeah. 100% and that's going to be that is why you want for me anyway that's why i want to be in this business yeah that i want to have your idea make me better and then my idea is gonna make you better and we'll ping pong back and forth and we'll have this thing that neither of us could do without each other and we'll look around and go how did this happen and go well it was a perfect storm yep and that's at, like time and time again that's how these things come together and it's in it, i am a social being and we are and we are social people we want to be in a room together and make art and we want to be in a, get a room together and experience art yeah i want to hear that lady have with a weird laugh next to me and then be like oh my gosh she's having the greatest, greatest time I'm having the greatest time too and it, like this is a great night out I'm yeah. in New York City <laughs> like, well and that's and that's <laughs> that is what you're paying for with your theater ticket other than you know making sure people have salaries and producers make their nut mm -hmm. but you are ultimately paying for an experience that won't be replicated yes even though the show gets performed again tomorrow mm -hmm. 
it's a different audience. The actors on stage are having a different day than yeah. they were the day before. Or it's a different cast because someone swung in, swung yep. out. Absolutely. Even, but even if it is the same cast, yeah. everyone's having a different day. People are in different vocal health, mental health. Yep. So like sometimes you'll get – like I saw a musical recently where someone optioned down on everything. And it was fine. But then the next day they optioned up on everything. And I was like, oh, I saw a very different show yeah. even though it was the same actor. Yeah. So you're, you're literally paying for an experience that will never happen again. Right. And mm. people are not understanding that. They pay the amount that they pay and think they're entitled to the world. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they go on their phones or they eat or they talk. And I go, you realize you are actually robbing yourself. I you pay agree. Two, you pay 200 bucks. And then each time you go on your phone or you talk to someone, you have robbed yourself of $2. Oh, oh, oh I, I, more than that, yeah. I think. I don't well, know. Because by the time it's over. Yeah, by the time it's over. You've, the, missed, you've yeah. paid, you've lost all your money. I completely agree. Yeah. And I think, well, one, that's just an attention spam thing that, in our culture right now, which yeah. is absolutely terrible. But two, it's like I'll see people asleep in the show. I'll be like, that's an expensive nap. That is an expensive you pay, nap. And again, and if that's what you want to do with your day and your money, God bless you. Come here. You sit down and you pay full price and you close your eyes for a while. We'll be up here entertaining yeah. the people in the back who really want to be Which here. brings us back to the Tony Awards. Right. So, as we said, no picket line. So, no one's crossing the picket line. We still don't know what's going to happen. But what I would like to see happen, and I've I've bemoaned this for a while now, the Tonys keep trying every year to compete with the MTV Movie Awards, with the Oscars, creating these things of, like, see how cool Broadway is? Mm -hmm. Come watch the Tonys. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you're never going to get all of America to watch. No, God, no. Make the Tonys for the nerds. Yo, I feel the same way. I, I, I get on this high horse all the time. Like, what if we had a whole night that that was just for us? Mm-hmm. Like, that was full of in-jokes, full of references, full of something that where someone in middle America is like, I have no idea what's going on. But we love it. Yeah. We fucking love it. And we can't, it's must-see TV for us. Because, again, it's like, if we don't love, if we don't love our own industry mm-hmm. so passionately, that's what's going to make people go, oh, I want to go where they are. They yeah. don't seem like they really are having a great time. Passion launches other passion yes correct and if you try to again if you try to appeal to everyone you're no longer a telecast you're a wallpaper (laughs) but the idea for me is also yeah and and also just we're not honoring all the elements of theater anymore because we're trying to keep the tony awards within a certain time frame Mm -hmm. and we want to we want to get viewership so it's like oh we're gonna have jennifer hudson sing from finding neverland even though that show isn't on broadway yet i no. And then we like put all the design categories off camera and we did the writing categories off camera because yeah. no one care no one cares about best orchestrations. I'm like, I kind of do. Care. There have been years where they have shown like montages of design to show you like why costumes matter, what why scenic design matters, and they show you the nominees mm-hmm. and stri- just strictly the nominees, mm. which I'm I, and that's the other thing people are like, well, show as many people as, as possible. I'm like, well, if we have so much time, like, just show the nominees and show why they are nominated, right. why they're, right. quote, unquote, the best of the year. Right. And, like, like, if you look at the 2000 Tonys, which is the revivals of Kiss Me, Kate, and Music Man, and it's the Lacusa Wild Party and mm. Aida and Contact, they have these montages that show you all the designs uh, before they hand out the awards. And it's, it gets you excited about yeah. the shows. Wow. You're watching all these elements that don't normally get showcased they do the same that are amazing yeah and they do the same thing with best score they show show like a montage of the writers for best score and they have a moment where you see michael john lacuse is talking about like i'm always thinking about the rhythm of of a song and he starts playing a rhythm on drumsticks and then the uh piano starts plunking out a note and then they just show you eartha kit rehearsing her number in the lobby of the uh, now august wilson and then cut to her doing it on the stage. Uh, full chills right now. Yeah, full chills. Uh, full chills right now. And, they, and that's good storytelling. Yeah. Uh, that that by the end I go, man, I really, that I, I had no idea. I love Broadway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and get too excited about all these other yeah. things that aren't just like high kicks and high belts. Right. They did, uh, we talked about this uh, with Peter Duchesne 
last week about like 93, 94, when they tried to do something similar with plays. It didn't work quite quite as well, but it still try yeah. where you know they showed four different best play nominees mm-hmm. and it was you know from table read to dress rehearsal to final performance cool. of each different one doing it and i would like more of that yeah especially with plays which don't get they, people go why aren't people going to see plays and like we don't showcase them on the tonys no. fucking ever 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 and, and it's difficult but we should keep fucking trying i agree and again until we crack it yeah because if, if we just like let it die we're we're letting have such an exciting arm yeah of of broadway just wither when it when it is so vibrant and valuable and i love that i love the idea of showing the process of it because so many people walk in and 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 it's our job to sell them the finished product yeah so it's cool to that's a nice angle i really yeah. i really really love that thank you well yeah. and that's sort of something that i always come at when i am critical of shows because I hate the idea of, oh, if you can't do it yourself, you don't get to say anything. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, if you go to a restaurant and your steak is raw, you don't you should complain, even right. if you can't cook a steak right. yourself. I completely agree. Uh, but I think I trust you to be good at steaks. Yes. I can't I came here <laughs> for a good steak and right. you gave me rareness. Yes. But so that's what, how I like the, my steak. <laughs> anyway. Well, I was gonna say raw, but you know. That's, that's, how, I like, that's how I like my steak. You like your steak? <laughs> I like my steak like I like I like it moving. Anyway, continue. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're on a roll. I think I think the Tonys. I think the the Tonys again have this opportunity to to uh, right now. If it is already in the can, try something new. Yeah, go bi- again. F- Dianamy. Go go throw the biggest biggest craziest idea you have out right now that's never been done before. Because why not? It's already dead. It's yeah. already on its de- on its deathbed. Well, and give people fodder for conversation when they go see a show and they don't like it and they can't understand why mm. you can give them tools to understand why mm. yeah. here's the process of what it takes to make a show happen it's a lot of work yeah. and it doesn't always work out and that kind of sucks but and there's no and there's no exact formula so sometimes a show won't be good and you can be angry at like the time you wasted but you can't be angry at the creatives because they mm-hmm. tried mm-hmm. there are shows where it is very clear that no one tried <laughs> and you only can tell if you see enough shows and you have that vocabulary of yeah, what it yeah, takes yeah, yeah. and so i love that with the with the play uh, nominees where you see the table read to the final dress to the final performance where you watch the montage of the writers you know plunking out the notes and mm-hmm. getting down the lyrics and giving it to the actor and then everyone's trying to figure it out and then you know seeing it on the stage and how it all works out yeah. you know another great example is patty lapone gets i dreamed a dream and the lyric used to be uh like the melody line used to be, as they uh, turn your dreams to shame, and it just stayed there with da 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 da. Because if you notice, it's the same melody of um, Eponine and Marius in One Day More. Mm-hmm. One more day, all on my own, but the tigers come at night. Yeah. And she goes, but he never saw me there. And then she just holds it as the music goes, ba ba da ba da ba da ba da. Patty's like, so you know, I used to be a Vita, right? She's like, I've, <laughs> she's like, I've got, I've got range for days. Yeah. So she's like, what and you're I'm, wasting me. Yeah, you're so. wasting me. So why don't I just go up with the orchestra on that? And that's become an iconic scale. 100%. Right. And again, best idea one. Yeah. And thank God. Thank God. And th- that is something that I feel like audiences would be so f- having so much fun with because they're in on it. They're yeah. not just observing oh, it. I love that. It gives them ownership of the experience. Yeah. And it makes them be like, oh, I know this cool thing about this. I love this. If everyone's yeah. in on it, everyone gets to be excited by it. And yeah. uh, let's make it about me for a quick second. Hey, keep going. One one may say that I wrote a play this year. Uh-huh. Great. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Some of the best things that actually have come out of the last couple of readings I've done have just been like having friends who I respect who are smart and having you know conversations with them after each reading it was just so good because I would say like, here's what I'm trying to achieve. 
and they would say, great, here's where that's working. Here's where it was a little confusing. Mm. And here, like, you know, I, I personally, you know, was hoping to see a little more of this and, and, you know, just like, you know, off the cuff, like, what if this character said this? And I'm like, oh, I don't want them to say what you just said, but what you said has now made me think. Gave this me an idea to do, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And two of my favorite things I've added to the play came from conversations with my friend Ali Gordon and my mm-hmm. friend Samantha Massell. And it wasn't that either of them were like, "Do this," but we were having a conversation. And they were like, "You know, you could maybe try this or this." I'm like, "Yeah, I could." Tried it and it led to something else. Went, oh, it worked. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And of course, if that goes to Broadway, I'm sure Samantha and Ali will be like, compensation, please. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but but that is to say it was a collaborative process and it and best idea came to the exactly. next best idea. And I'm and, and I'm saying this on the podcast because mm-hmm. when we get to the production of the show at some point, which who knows, could be in six months, could be in three years. I think it's closer to six months between you and me, not to toot <laughs> my own horn. But I hope that my listeners, if they go see it, They'll watch knowing how this process went, right. and they'll get excited watching it and like yeah. try to figure out what was collaborative, where it came from my own personal life, what was my own imagination, and having conversations about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. That is what keeps oh, theater alive. A hundred percent. Because again, if you if, if if a show finishes and then you're like, "What's for dinner?" and then that's the last time you talk or think about that show, yeah. that show has failed mm-hmm. to me personally. Yeah. I want I, I I I want to then go to dinner and be talking about what I just saw for the next three hours. Absolutely, that's the joy of seeing something truly excellent. And there are shows that are trying to be important. And hammer home a message so hard that there's no discussion to be had. Mm. It's just super easy to know what the show was trying to say mm-hmm. or what the character was doing. Mm-hmm. The shows that allow themselves to live in a more moral gray area mm-hmm. and then also just try to lead with empathy through characters and storytelling rather than say tolerance good and are more sort of here's a person who lives a very different life from you. Here is their journey. Did that maybe lead to some empathy today? Let's talk about it over dinner for three hours. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, show me. I don't want to see uh, people who uh, I agree with all night. Yeah. I want to be challenged. Also, it's like, I, I, I want to see someone who I actively disagree with. And then and then I'm going to have an opinion about that. And it's and and again, it's like, I, I completely agree that if we're not going to have art that's just so, like, I, I don't know, this revival of 1776, where where we it, we it assumed its audience was all on the same page from the beginning and it just was able, uh, if you're not uh, on the patreon matt has slid all the way out of his chair and <laughs> is on the floor when i mentioned something pretty much um this revival it, anyway. oh my gosh it's just like it, it i am t- it, we are all if we're all on the same page the whole time mm-hmm. i am bored well also speaking of condescension that was a very condescending revival yeah. to its material mm-hmm. and to its audience. And also, but assumed that it was being brave because, and I did say this in my review. Yes, I recall. Oh, I read. He recalled. He I reads. Read. I said something along the lines of in that production, and I'm only saying this because people worked on that production who I've seen do amazing work. Correct. And so I, I'm saying this to hold them accountable to continue to do great work in the future. Yeah. The fact that I hated the 1776 does not take away from the fact that I loved Diane Paulus's hair and Pippin. <laughs> of course. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Or, or that I hated her Finding Neverland. No, but yeah, but that's you're allowed to make those mistakes. And yeah. I think that that's fantastic. I love watching someone who's objectively fantastic at what they do have it not come together. Oh, I had I'm going okay, to I have to finish, finish this and then yeah. we'll come back. 1776. Uh, but so there's a, there are many moments in that revival where 
actors would look out to the audience and say something very like, and now I'm saying the decorative political statement and aren't I brave? And I'm sitting there going, you are sitting in a subscriber house in New York city. 95% of this audience is Democrat or liberal or progressive. Mm -hmm. The other 5%, if they are Republicans, they are fiscal conservative, social liberals. You are not changing anybody's mind by shouting I love purple to a room filled with people wearing mauve. <laughs> and it, it, it it's an echo chamber. Yep, 100%. And you're not hearing applause. You're hearing the echoes of people patting themselves on the back for agreeing with your political statement. Mm. And no one's getting challenged. Right. Even if it's something that I agree with, I'm like, no, but challenge my ideals. Like, make me really have to defend why I believe what I believe. Right. Because maybe something will come along that will make me go, you know, I always thought this was the case, but now that I'm seeing something from someone else's perspective, I can see why what I think might be uh, hurtful to someone else. Because um, there's no – no one has uh, uh, objectivity, really, right? Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's all just my experience is my experience, and therefore that is the world. Yes. And with theater, especially when it's um, the stories of queer people. It used to be that queer audiences were so excited to have a queer story told. When Terrence McNally wins the Tony for Love, Valor, Compassion, the gays go insane. When Angels wins both years in a row, they go insane. Now when a queer story is told, all the modern gays are like, that's not my journey. That's not me on that stage. <laughs> I don't I don't like it. Problematic because that's not what I went through. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be. Uh, yeah. No, actually, it's actively not your story. Mm-hmm. It's th- the story we told. Yeah. It's yeah. the story we told. Not every gay or every bisexual or transsexual or transgender or fluid whatever, pansexual, asexual, not every character represents the entire community. They are just a person. And they are fucked up like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it's through that individuality, through fully being themselves, that hopefully it can speak to a universal. When you were then speaking to the masses, mm-hmm. that, like 1776 was doing, that's when it gets like, what are we doing here? Yeah. As opposed to like really honing in on an opinion and, and shooting it for that target, it's like, we're going to hit... Every target. This mm-hmm. gets me back to Jagged Little Pill, which I found to be like the every. It checked every box of every hot t- hot bo- hot topic issue, and I'm watching <sighs> and, and and the whole thing. I'm like, and now it's about this too. We're gonna have it be about everything. And you are undermining all of those issues by giving each of them six minutes. Pick one. Pick yeah. One pick and go, one. Pick one and explore it. Yeah, and explore it. Blow it up and put it back together and see it from every angle, but see one from every angle or maybe, maybe two. But if you're like eight, eight, eight different topics, I am, I am like, it is part after school special. It is part part rock concert and I am, and I am tired. And you are, and you are becoming the cartoon version of yourself that your enemies believe you are yeah damn you know it's just so it's so stupid it's hard it's all done with best intentions right it's like it's like and then this is because this is important and it's like yes all those things are super important but you're doing yourself a disservice by having the aperture be so wide and and but this this is what we were talking about earlier where this kind of stuff we know it doesn't come from a bad place Mm -mm. but how can your work get better if no one's holding you accountable. If it's all just everyone holding hands mm-hmm. and saying kumbaya, mm-hmm. well, and then, fucking then, yeah. do we all forget the goddamn drama that went into that show, Jackie Little Pill, after COVID when they reopened after yeah. lockdown uh-huh. and like cast members were coming forward about mistreatment and not feeling heard. And In a show that was like the most inclusive show. <laughs> yeah, and listen, I'm sure, I, then there was a lot of, you know, they said, they said, but mm-hmm. the idea for me is 
if if it was an environment where people could openly express uh, critiques that they had or mm-hmm. things that needed to be said or done uh, and felt like they were being heard and everyone was really doing the best work possible rather than just like being silent the entire time. Yeah. Yes. The vitriol they had after the fact and uh, with all these stories coming out would maybe be a little less intense, yeah. a little more sort of like, hey – not a great experience for me, but like we move on or like, I would like to say my piece and then like, we'll talk about it for a minute and then, and then move on. Right. But instead it was just like, no, I need to say this now. And I say it in- intensely yeah. and it's because of so much repression. Yeah. It's like scorched earth. It's, yeah. it's scorched earth liberalism. Yeah. Um, also on this note, uh, let's take one more break. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and we're back um so we were talking a lot about like this the broadway world and the systems of it all dot and com. Uh, dot com yes and well this all comes back to the tonys and right. as you know people were this leads to a larger conversation. Right. It, uh, it's only the beginning. It blows us open to yeah. a very complicated industry. Yeah. The idea of the Tonys not happening then says, well, what does it say if we if every show needs the Tonys this bad? And what it should be is that the Tonys should help. It shouldn't be a make or break. You hear these uh, stories about shows that turned their fortunes around because of the Tony Awards. Right. Usually it's because they win as well as have a good performance. Yeah. And – that is, I feel like this thing that people don't really think about yeah. is they go, oh, well, if you win a Tony Award, you could run for a year. I'm like, well, no, no, no. If you win a couple of Tony Awards and you do a really good job on the telecast, yeah. that'll help. Yes. But again, that's sort of where we talk about, like, how do we build a platform for shows that they can succeed without necessarily Tony love and also don't need to run three years at capacity in order to order make to profitable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How can a show run for a year and a half, make its money and then peace well, out? Can, and, and that is what I really want to get back to, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the dream that like a show could, could come in. There could be a lot of turnover, right? Yeah. I dream of when it's like, there's all these new shows and then they're here for a while and gone and they're yeah. here for a while and gone. And it's not like you don't have to make it 10 years in order to be a success. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately I feel like that's where we are in the business model right now. That's so heartbreaking because it means that it's all or nothing. Yeah. We don't have an opportunity to, to just like have a functioning 
uh, again, I keep saying ecosystem, but it's like it's it's a coral reef of shows that are here and there, and you're meant to like have a community and and catch someone who did a show for a little while, and then they're able to hop to the next one. It's like nobody's hopping from show to show to show. No, like the 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 trope of the chorus member who's in this and then in that and then in this and was in six shows in the past six years. That is dead. Yeah, that's not how it happens anymore because we don't have the frequency of production, and then there's just the turnaround, and we're not. What is a success has just completely changed. I really long for the days of a show that can be splashy and fun and short-lived and not a, a total disaster. Yeah. Is that possible anymore? I think so. Because we, we, every now and then we do get one or two. Again, we have like a fun home or a band's visit that comes in, runs for a year and a half, makes a profit. Not a huge profit, but a profit. But a profit. Recoups. Recoups. Does well. Goes on tour. Yep. Makes, wins their Tonys. And then heads out. And then it's gone. And then it's gone, yeah. We don't get a lot of them, not as often as we used to, but we do sometimes get them. The other problem is now there is, as you said, like there is this weird feeling by the community, by fans especially, Mm. that has warped a perception of what success is. If it's not running for 5,000 performances, oh, what a devastating loss that is. Yeah, what? And, (laughs) and, And I'm like, I have said this before, I want to say it again, I don't mean to yuck anybody's yum. Sure. But you only have so many hours on this earth and there is so much content to absorb. Mm-hmm. And I do understand something you do love at a deep level, wanting to see it as much as you can. I saw Fun Home six times on Broadway in the year and a half it was on Broadway. Good for you. Thank you so much. But I, while seeing it those times, I also made sure to see as many other things as I could. I get a little confused by people who come into the city twice a year or once a year or every two years, and they just go see their favorite show that's still running. It was something that really bothered me about Phantom, of that fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, one could call it an emo system. <laughs> I hated that. I really hated that. I, I loved I, it. I objectively did not like this. <laughs> ecosystem, ecosystem, emo system. Yep. Uh, More of that. Of, uh, yeah. More of just, that. Of just, of just the, this is the thing I love. I support it wholeheartedly. I know everything about it. I go see I've it seen every, it a hundred times. I yeah, go yeah. see every new cast member. And I'm like, that's Oof. not real. For me... And again, I'm not trying to be super judgmental. It's just that's for me. That's not the um, boastful brag that you think it is. No, I agree. I'm like, how do you not want to expand your experiences yeah. with new shows, with right. new works, with new uh, actors? Fall in love with a new show. Fall in love with a new actor. Yes. And you, know, you can come back to the show you love if you are allowing yourself to go out into the world and try other things. I completely agree. And – let it be the thing that made you fall in love with the art form. Yeah. Let it be the the door, right? Yeah. It's like like I so I'm in the Book of Mormon, and that is a gateway drug for so many people's Broadway love. Yeah. And I and I say all the time why it's running and why it's still so popular is because you can bring boys to Broadway. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you can bring your dad or your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I meet all these dads and boyfriends at the stage door, and they and their and their partners or or yeah. daughters are like, this is their first Broadway show, and they've got stars in their eyes, yeah. and they're like. They're like, it was amazing. Like, it was fantastic. And then, guess what? That partner, that girlfriend, that daughter is going to go, great. You love Book of Mormon. Now let's go see Moulin Rouge. Yeah. And they'll go, sure. I love Broadway. And it's like, what? that's a good audience member. Mm-hmm. I want someone who's going to fall in love with your phantoms, have your favorite show, but then let it be like, what else is out there? Yeah. Like, become the explorer who can then just love Broadway. And learn about your tastes. Yes, when people say yeah. I don't like, when people say I don't like musicals, I'm like, there's, uh, there's a musical 
musical for everybody. Yes. There absolutely is a musical for everybody. Anyone who says they don't like musicals, I say you will like You're in Town. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and, or like, you know, the South Park movie. Just, mm-hmm. there's... Yes, you do. You like musicals. Yeah, everyone, Every, likes musicals. everyone likes stories. Yes, and, and told in multiple ways. And everyone likes music. Yeah, it's part of your fucking body chemistry. Yes, idiot. But you learn more about yourself and your taste the more you see and the more you like and don't like. Mm-hmm. And then you can start curating what you see in the future based off of you know I really like this writer. So the next thing they do, I'll go see. Or like you know what I know that there's a lot of buzz on it, but I haven't liked the person who worked on this. And like the last the last thing we saw of theirs, I didn't really like. Let's maybe skip this one. Sure. That is a that is an educated, curated mm-hmm. decision to make, mm-hmm. rather than just sort of like eh, I don't like musicals or, you know, uh, I don't know like that. We're going to see the thing that w- we are aware of. Like we're going to go see Pretty Woman the musical because we all know the movie Pretty Woman. I'm like, sure. well, do you know anything about the people working on the show? Because it's possible you won't like the show. Yeah. Or if you just go see something because it's the thing you knew, but with songs added. You're going to be thinking, man, remember the movie yeah. Pretty Woman? Well, I love that movie the whole time. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. Or if you're just watching and be like, oh, I love how it's exactly what I remember about the movie. Then I go, okay. Mm. When was the last time we read a book? Yeah, I agree. That is where I'm being a little judgmental. But you know what? I think I've earned that. I think so, too. I also think that you you know what you're talking about. Yeah. You, you can have your opinions because you've done the research. You've I've done, done the, the research. And I fucking love all different kinds of things. I don't love everything, but I love all kinds of things. I love that. For someone who's favorite musical is carousel i literally just damn <laughs> well that's awesome i love that like i i, I really enjoy that you are an opinionated person someone with so many hot takes and i love that your favorite musical is such a controversial one well yeah because people who don't get it are well they're not stupid they just have not taken five seconds to think about it i literally was just listening to true crime obsessed and they were talking about barney there was a whole documentary about barney and apparently in the 90s i don't remember this the violent anti-Barney people, like a lot of straight white men who got very violent about how much they hated Barney. And it's these guys who don't look inwards on the things in their life that they have no control over, that's making them upset, that's making them angry, and they take it outwards and they cause damage. And I'm like, that's literally the messaging of Carousel, is when we don't actually give opportunities of a helping hand to people just because they are a cisgender man, mm-hmm. heterosexual man. Ooh. And we go, well, you can't be drowning because the world is made for you. And then, then they go, well, I don't have actual problems then. So why am I sad? I guess I'll just take it outward then. And then they end up killing themselves and leaving their uh, pregnant wife to deal with the pieces in the end. Yeah. And that is what that show is about. People go, well, he hits her. I'm like, yeah, yes, yeah. he does. Cause you're seeing a complicated person doing complicated things and you're supposed to have an opinion about that. Yep. And once, and it's someone who is literally at rock bottom doing awful things because they don't know how to get out of it and no one is helping them because everyone is saying you're bad because you did a bad thing. Man, I'm sold on this. Yeah. Yeah, you're sounding like, oh, listen, I always like Carousel, but that's, this is actually, this is hitting me in a, in a really... That's what the fucking show is about. That's really but great. When you just treat that show or any Golden Age musical with, well, the gr- score is great, but the book is bad and you don't cast actors, mm-hmm. then it's just, that's what it's going to be. It's why I hated The Last Revival. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about it all the time. In fact, I said, you know what? Fuck it. If you know me, you know what I was talking about last week when I was telling Peter, Peter Duchesne that a Tony winner for best choreography in the last couple of years was a Tony winner that I hated <laughs> because they did – and it was Justin Peck for Carousel. They did Blow High, Blow Low on the Tony Awards, and that is a number that is filled with sailors, working-class sailors, most of whom have either raped or killed – or robbed, and so how does they how do they choreograph that number? Like a bunch of power bottoms doing a hasty pudding show. They, <laughs> they choreographed it. They choreographed it, PJ, like um, uh, 
fuck it, uh, two by two mm-hmm. in Book of Mormon. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. and that choreography for two by two works because of the tone of that show yes. and who those characters are. Yeah. They haven't seen the world yet. They think everything's a Disney 100%. movie. Those sailors in Carousel, they do not dance You're like right. that. I remember that performance. I remember being like, I do not want to see this show. Everyone in Carousel <laughs> is working class. They're sweaty mm-hmm. and they're tired and they're horny. Yeah. So why is everyone dancing like they've gone to the School of American Ballet? Use ballet as a tool, but you have to make it character and story based. That's what PJ. Go on YouTube, watch my video of the of the 1994 Carousel with Audra and Sally Murphy. You okay. will love it. I swear to God, you'll I, love it. I'm in. More, yeah, more importantly, I'm so sold. importantly, Michael Hayden as Billy Bigelow. He does everything that I told you that character is. Right. But this conversation we're having comes from two people writing a show about complicated people and yeah. not saying to the audience here's the message but rather going what do you take from yeah. this yeah and it's not going we're not commenting on the fact that he beats his wife like or that, or that hits he, her he hits her Excuse beating me. implies that he's done it multiple times and I only, I only say this because this is a change Oscar Hammerstein made from the play I love that in the play Lilium does beat his wife and Oscar Hammerstein makes it a point to change it to once oh, because if it's if it's so re- better if yeah. it's repeated it's a pattern if it's once it's a we're catching someone in a very awful moment of their life right and rather than anyone other the only person who's like he is in pain is his wife and yeah. no one's listening to her because they're like you doormat why are you staying and yeah. she's like you're not she's like I'm yeah. trying to help him and no one else is helping me yeah and she's also kind of like on this path to you know combustion mm-hmm. uh, and she sort of gets her own comeuppance from staying around someone because she's so empathetic she's trying to be with someone she cares about rather than being uh, self-preservating right. and so she's left devastated uh, the show's moral at the end is uh, a helping you know anyone can be redeemed if they're willing to ask for help and also the only way you can uh, help heal others is if you don't worry about yourself and just lead with kindness yeah for example the way that the show ends billy's dead and he's told you he's like you he's literally told you left your pregnant wife on (laughs) earth you she now has a teenage daughter who's super fucked up because all of that town knows what a bum you were Mm -hmm. and they won't let her forget it go to earth fix this Mm. and what he first it's like because if you and they say because if you don't you will go to hell so his mind's just going fuck i'm i can't go to hell I get I get a star. I'm gonna give it to my daughter, and she doesn't know what to do with it because some random dude you've never met before is like, "I knew your dad. Here's a star." So she freaks out, rightfully so. Yeah. And he's freaking out. He's like, "I'm gonna get fucking eternally damned." So he hits her because he's like, "Time is running out." He fails, and then he realizes, "Oh, he sees Julie come out, and he sees the devastation he's caused, which is that's what the whole mm. it's possible for someone to hit you and not hurt." That that line isn't Oscar Hammerstein going, "If someone loves you." Them, them hitting you doesn't hurt. He's showing someone who is now basically numb because of all the forgiveness she has had to give Billy in her life, but she's been left with no answers, no closure, so she's a shell of a person. Billy is seeing this. He's realizing finally, face-to-face, the damage he's done. Mm. Like we were saying, the conversations that you mm-hmm. have with people mm-hmm. are better than just pontificating. And he then goes, okay, I can't think about me anymore. All I can do is try to give my wife and daughter some piece of something to move on from. I have to close out this circle of toxicity, mm. this carousel of toxicity oh that I left God. behind. Oh my God. So he gives his daughter from beyond the grave the ability to let go of some of the pain she has inherited from him by listening to the hopeful words of the preacher and accepting the uh, helping hands of the people around her. And so she's able to pick herself up and no longer define herself by the awfulness of his past. And the thing he gives Julie 
is the knowledge that he did love her. His final lines to her, I loved you, Julie. Know that I loved you. And that is what she needs because he died with her never fully knowing how he felt about her, only what she felt about him. And that has haunted her for 16 years. And him giving her that closure allows her to close that gap and finally move on. And that is what gets him into heaven by actually helping the people that matter most to him and not thinking about himself for once. Wow. All right. And that is roll, how roll credits. Roll I'm fucking in, credits. I'm in, yeah. But you want to know something, PJ? People, that's not actually said in a giant show busy no, glittery number. That's not told to you. And so people don't have the conversation. They go to Instagram and they go, Wanna hear a problematic line? And I'm like, you're not taking context into account. 100 percent You're, you're not looking seeing at, the whole picture and no. why that was the perfect moment for the story. You're just in it for the meme. There's a line that Hammerstein has in there where he's just repurposing a line from Lilium, which is when uh Louise says, Oh, he hit me and it, uh I didn't feel it. It was almost as if like he had kissed my cheek or kissed my hand. Right, and everyone goes. So people always mis- misquote, and they go, "He hit me, and it felt like a kiss." I'm like, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. It's it's Molnar and Hammerstein poorly saying, "Of course it didn't hurt. He's a ghost. He's translucent." <laughs> that's literally what they're saying. Wait, that's so funny. That's all it is. And if you take that out of context, it is way worse. Yeah, and oh. the, and it's it's just bad poetic writing so i would cut that line the kiss line not because i have a problem with it emotionally i'm just like that's a fucking dumb analogy and we're not getting the point it's like yeah. it's muddying it's muddying yeah. the just story. say it didn't hurt right and we would know why it doesn't hurt because he's a fucking ghost so funny and that, like, that gets into the just the issue of taking yeah. things piecemeal and being and and yeah out of context this is not this is not to do with the tony words or anything i know we, but, we went a whole we, we did a whole big carousel loop which i love but we also this goes into how the conversations we were talking about that people aren't having People mm-hmm. then define themselves by the politicalness of it. We're, uh, we're in a soundbite moment. We're in a time, like we, like you just yeah. said, where it's like everyone's working really hard to be the person to to call someone out, to yeah. be the person to really find the chink in the armor yeah. and be like, well, you thought this was a good thing? Actually, it's bad. He was way actually bad. Right. And which is like, you know, if that's the moment we're in, fine. But we, I think we all can agree how detrimental that is yeah. on several levels. Yeah. So I'm the thing is the difference between what I was saying about like fans, you know, going to see Phantom a million times. Sure. And listen, I have my issues with Phantom. Essentially, that is a show about a horny incel who gaslights and kidnaps the only virgin left in Paris. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much exactly it. Pretty much it. And it and people were like, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, people were like, people were like, that's so goddamn hot. The 80, like, I don't know what it was like in the 80s, but they fucking loved that shit. Lindsay Ellis has a great take on it and it's, it's her favorite show and I appreciate it. Like, I think that show only works if the Phantom is never actually treated like a romantic prospect. He is someone who is terrifying to yeah. her and mm. she ultimately through her own kindness, dumb kindness, gives him a moment of human connection which allows the wall to break and he realizes just how awful and manic and evil he has been and allows her to leave. She chooses right in the end. Raul's yeah. a bit of a fuckboy but he at least doesn't murder or kidnap or gaslight. Uh, we well, ask so precious little from our men these exactly. days. Exactly. Well, he gaslights a little bit but sure. yeah. yeah, we ask so little. So Raul, little. Raul yeah. does not murder. He does not nearly rape. Right. Uh, See? He's a good guy. Yeah, and he's... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even do any murdering, babe. No! <laughs> I've got all my hair and the skin on my face is still there. Yeah. What, what do you want from me? I'm a Perfect man. What, you tell me that you've been terrorized and you want me to believe you? Please. Come on. At least I didn't kill nobody. <laughs> but, so but yeah, my point is is that I am less about denying people their joy and more saying like, cool, can't, let's find more joy. Yeah. There's so much else out there. 100%. And it makes you appreciate the things you love all the more. You know, but you have to be shown. I think Broadway can be inaccessible. I think it takes, yeah. I think, and this is why I love what you do and I love people who are in 
our position who are going to talk about the art and get you excited about it because it's like, I love going to the museum and having a tour guide mm. because I think I get, I, I walk into the Met and I'm overwhelmed. There's every great piece of art in the world and, and, and I burn out. I get like museum fatigue. I'm lost in, in Mesopotamia and I'm hungry. I got to mm -hmm. go. Whereas every time I go to a museum, I go to someone who knows this place and loves it and then says, come with me. Let me show you the best parts. And, by, and then I have ownership of, I'm, I'm able to go, I don't know what I like. I don't know what this is about. Teach me what's cool about this thing and you will leave a fan forever. Like mm -hmm. I, and every time I take a, a museum tour or have someone show me around Mamoma, I'm like, oh my God, I love modern art. And I think that that's what the Broadway fans are kind of missing is someone or people who can go, oh, this show, come with me. Let me tell you why this is such a great musical. Let me tell you like how, how, the, how it was made. Yeah. Well, guess what? Like Patti Lapone, she had an idea. And, and you know, like you telling me more about that, I'll never, I'll never listen to I Dream a Dream the same way because it takes your love of it to inspire love of it to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the, the big lights and the, and the posters and everything, it, it, it can be cold, even though it's trying to be so warm, even though it's trying to grab your attention. You kind of need someone who's going to go, oh my gosh, don't look up Kimberly Kimbo. Look, don't look up anything about it. Just come with me to the theater and let's sit down and watch it. And yeah. Trust me, you're going to love it. Yeah. And that's going to create a lifelong fan because otherwise you might just be keep keep seeing Phantom over and over and over again because you know you like it. Yeah. And you don't want to be disappointed. Yeah. It's tough. You know what they say? Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, and he'll create a fan account for fishing on Instagram. <laughs> uh, just... That's great. Thank you. Um, no, Hugh Panero told the story when they were doing sideshow, and you know they were they were always constant danger of closing mm -hmm. they lasted three months basically out of the producers being like we're trying here but yeah. no one's coming and it got to the point where like everyone in the cast including you know alice emily hugh norm like would go to times square at tqts and like hand out flyers and be like come see our show it's really show. good so the cute. times liked us Aww. and he was having this conversation with a woman who was online she's like oh where he had to see cats he goes oh yeah like if you're if it's your first time in new york you're like you gotta see cats it's an institution she goes oh no we come every year we always go see cats he's like oh well Maybe this time you want to see our show, see something a little different. You know, if you've seen Cats 10 times. And she goes, I like cats. <laughs> Are there cats in your show? Are there cats in uh, your show? No. No, no ma'am. And I don't want I don't to want, see your show. I don't want to see your show. <laughs> I, you mentioned conjoined twins. Are there leg warmers involved? <laughs> you mentioned bleaches, a song called Freaks. Is it done on a levitating tire? If it's not done on a levitating tire, I'm, I'm not interested. interested. I'm not interested That's in your show. No. Anyone you try to go see uh, who loves Phantom, you try to go see something else, they go, does anything fall from the sky? No? <laughs> then no, ma'am. This is holier than that thing. But, they, but because they've taken an ownership of the show. Yeah. They have gone, That's I've learned that that's quality. Yeah. And or they I, make it their identity. Sure. That I can't get on board I with. I mean either. Yeah, it's it's no no please you're about to pivot. You're no, to I was say on that note, what do you think is gonna happen with that? This is perfect, Awards. exactly, exactly. On that note, what do you think is gonna happen? I think we're well. Here's the thing. Let's get back to the Tony yeah. Awards. Here we go. Thesis statement about the Tony Awards. I don't care about the intro song. I don't care about the bits in between. Nope. I care about getting production numbers in front of eyeballs in Middle America. Yeah. That's it. I don't even care about the speeches. It's really nice. I want everyone to be able to have their moment in the sun that they've dreamed of yeah. to get that award and to thank their mom and to look into the camera and cry. Yeah. That's amazing. 
but I care more about a night that showcases the variety of what we have to offer in New York City, and you should book a trip and come. Yeah. Like that's I, I would prefer if we said, <laughs> we don't need any writers to make this show. We have well-written numbers across Broadway from shows that are brand new this year and have been running for years. If we are running short and we need more material, guess what? We've got, we've got, we can ask the Lion King to come in yeah. and, and give a, give us something. Come across the stage and give me a, a, a bit of a song, something that's running. We can, we can blow up what the Tonys have been and have it be a showcase of not just everything that's new, mm -hmm. but everything that's still here. It's supposed to be a celebration. It hasn't really been one in a very long time. It's now just a commercial mm -hmm. and it's trying to just compete. It's very, how do you do fellow kids? And I'm like, <laughs> We blow it up, make make like the last, make it like the last five minutes of slave play, a play I didn't like very much, but had a great five last five minutes. Mm. Burn the institution of it down yeah. to the ground and have it rise anew. Now's and from time. there you will have a healthier foundation yeah. that will last a lot longer. Couldn't agree more. Have fun. Have it be something that's like, I can't believe they're doing this right yeah. now. Because you already are fucked. Like you're already you, this already is going to be a, a devastatingly different year. Mm -hmm. So lean in. Go yeah. go. All the way. Now's the time to be Diana. Yeah. Strong and wrong. Strong and wrong. Yeah. Like make it, or at least just be entertaining. Yeah. Right. We've got no, we have the most fabulous like performers and material in the world all mm -hmm. in one place. Let's have the best idea win and make the coolest, best show while still respecting our writers, while still yeah. holding on to an industry that is that is constantly dying. Yeah, like we we can do this because we are problem solvers, because we are inventive, and we've been reinventing the wheel and making magic for over a hundred years in this town. We can do it in this moment to to propel us to the next level. Theater has been around for thousands of years, and it has still survived all other new mediums mm -hmm. of entertainment. And it is it is still here, which is why I have no fear that it will stay stick around. Oh, 100%. We have to do our part and help feed it, help nurse it. Sure. Uh, and it's also not just the Tonys. Like, if you listen to any podcast, like the Grammys or, you know, the Oscars, fans of those mediums often say, like, stop trying to make TikTok and just, like, be for the nerds. Mm -hmm. because, be for the nerds. Because the nerd, the passion of the nerds will lead will spread out to more nerds, and like people always just love to be on the inside of something to yeah. learn more about something and go like, oh, I'm now in the know about this. Yeah, it's a, always a fun thing. Yeah, that's that's all it make is. it fun to be here. Yeah, right. And the shows, the Tony ceremonies that do the best are when shows that are doing well, you know, all over the world are the ones that are up for awards that year. When mm -hmm. it's a Hamilton or a mm -hmm. Dear Evan Hansen or like. Mm -hmm. The year of Phantom was like a very big year for Tony's because that was a show that people were interested in. Yeah. Tell me about this show. Yeah. And I think it's, it's again, it comes from all different areas. We need to create things that excite people, mm -hmm. stimulate them, and also excite them. Entertain, but also make them question, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Don't give them definite answers. No. Give them stuff to explore. Make them look back on themselves and go, what have I learned about myself from this experience? Mm -hmm. Have I learned anything? Have I just been purely entertained? Have I finally got the reprieve that I needed today? Mm -hmm. What does even what does that say about me? And and let that passion translate to the Tonys. Oh, that show I loved this year. I want to see what they win tonight. Yeah, yeah, and 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 see the people who make it right. Yeah. Like, I loved your idea about like the rehearsal process and like I want to see how much fun it is to be in Shucked. Yeah, I want to know what it's like to be in that cast. I want to know what's like in that building. I want to know what's like not just on the stage and in the show, but what it's like to do this show eight times a week. Mm -hmm. I think that that 
is the future of hooking an audience on Broadway, is making people fall in love not only with the story on stage, but the stories of the people who live this life, because mm -hmm. it's all so interesting. Yeah. And, and that can be, like, like the, everyone wants the novelty, and if the Tonys could be like, hey, this is the showbiz, but come behind the curtain. Right? It's like I love in the award shows and the Oscars or whatever when you see the people who are like waiting to go on. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's the party. Yeah. I want to be back there. You know, like stop giving me like, like I know we you, you can do polished, but like let me in on this world that is so interesting, that is so vibrant, that is so diverse. And then by giving me a peek of that, I in middle America go, man. What's it like in New York City? Because mm -hmm. we're selling New York, right? We're not just selling Broadway. We're selling this this metropolitan city that we're in. And you're gonna come and see Times Square, but while you're here, you're also gonna like see the Statue of Liberty, and and it's gonna be a part of this vibrant city. And I think that every time Broadway has partnered with the city of New York mm -hmm. and said. You know, like the whole I love New York campaign. and It has worked like gangbusters. Mm -hmm. And I think now more than ever, we we need not just what it's like on stage, but what it's like to to do this yeah. for a living. Yeah. The whole world of it. Yeah. And, and it's cool. And again, I want to say the designers, the directors, the choreographers get people who are watching to understand yes. what it is we're celebrating, what it is voters are voting yeah. for. Why would why does this show get best choreography over this show? To me, it looked like that this had more dancing. It's like, yes, but how was the dance being used in this other show? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I've I, I mentioned <laughs> it a couple of times, but like the when once one best set design of a musical uh, it was a very shocking win for a lot of people. And like, I would have loved nothing more than if we had a, a montage that year where we showed all the different set designs and showed how Bob Crowley set for once, even though it's just a, a unit set of a bar, how the flexibility of how it was used got told it to the win. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah told yeah. the story and That's how it, and what made it win. Yeah, but people they only see like the three minute clip of the performance, and then they'll see. Uh, you know, again, Jennifer Hudson singing from Finding Neverland. So they don't know that. I can't believe that happened. And, and inform <laughs> information is power, right? Yeah. And even if uh, you you cast it out there and of the like 4 million viewers, only 100,000 care, mm -hmm. that's still 100,000 people. Yeah. And those 100,000 people can spread it to another 100,000 people. And those 100,000 people can be repeat viewers who Absolutely. see Phantom 100 times. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Who, who you're hooking and then who they'll bring along. I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. This is an interesting thing that I've been actually finding that since I've, since I've come into the show, I started Book of Mormon in August, mm -hmm. um, and now it's May, so it's been like a fun little year, but I've had so many people be like, oh, I have not seen it in a long, long time. Yeah. And it's really cool to be able to have these friends and people who I respect who caught the original company when it was on fire to then come back and like see a show. It's a rare thing that uh, long-running shows get to enjoy, yeah. which is like the repeat viewer that isn't obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I had such a grand time, but I would, I would like to see it again. It's been 12 years. Yeah, exactly. I'm, come on uh, by. Yeah, I'm old Rose and Titanic. And, or there's people who are like, you know, I've never seen it. Yeah, and that's because it because it was a hard ticket to get twelve years ago, and then and that's and cool because, too. And because you guys aren't going anywhere anytime soon, there is there is a well, yeah, sure. Thank but uh, <laughs> listen, as we've learned, everything has an expiration date. It's just a matter of when. But you know, right, you're, you're, you're doing strong yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. So there is like the sort of uh, taking for granted. Like, well, it's not going anywhere. Like, what, what's my rush? I'm like, well, I don't know. No day but today, as you know, Mimi Marquez once said. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I got a light. <laughs> 
I uh, I completely agree. I I definitely I definitely think it's it's important to you know catch the 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 new shows, the flashy things that need them, but also to to come and see and remind yourself. Oh, this is out here for a reason. Just expose yourself to as much as you can. Yeah. That is just always what I'm down for. Like, as even if you're not sure if you're going to like it, sometimes you get surprised. I said it uh, two weeks ago. I was blown away by how much I enjoyed this current production of A Doll's House. Mm. Did not did not think I would. Really? I love that. Well, because, I've heard great things. Well, yeah. I, I'd, I'd heard great things, too. But I also heard maybe not great things, but mm-hmm. it just it gave me very Eva Van Hoffe vibes. And as I said before, I want nothing more than to put that man on a raft and send him out to sea. <laughs> but... This is where social media is a lie. Because uh-huh. according to social media, that play is nothing more than Jessica Chastain sitting in a chair, spinning round and round, baby, right round. With a single tear cascading down yeah. her face. Yes. It is so much more than that. Right. They don't, that turntable doesn't always turn, by the way. And she's not it, always. It, it stops? It stops at times. I got to go. Yeah. And moves all the time. I think it's even a two-part turntable. And, oh and she even gets up from her chair at one point. A couple, a couple of times before she does the famous walk out. Uh, oh it's, no, I, I found spoiler, it's, spoiler to Ibsen's adult house. I know, right? Uh, you want to know how Hamlet Oh fuck! Don't tell me. Everybody dies. Um, that was me being. See, I, I think Hamlet's problematic because he kills his. Wife. You know, what? I think Hamlet's problematic because it's not kosher. Yeah, let's cancel Hamlet. Cancel. It's anti-Semitic because it's not kosher. Cancel Hamlet. How dare right? Something rotten in the state of Denmark that is rude to the Danes. That's I. I love this too. It's like people. People who are like, well, this is a problematic show. It's like every good piece of theater that has lasted throughout the ages has been. So problematic. You're watching problematic people deal with problematic situations, and we are entertained by that. Please. I'm also – I also sit there and I go, okay, tell me how. Tell, like, really go through and tell me not that – not that, as you said, I am watching a complicated character do a complicated thing, but rather I am watching something that is politically telling me something mm. that has aged poorly and thus should be erased. Because if you can do that, props to you, mama. Good job. If you're – all you're saying is that I'm watching something that makes me uncomfortable, I go, great. Let's hone in on that. Why does that make you uncomfortable? Does that remind you actually of a time in your life when you were shit mm-hmm. to someone else? Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, none of us have a clean track record. Some of us have uh, maybe more messy track records recently than others. But the point is, no one is perfect. No one has had a perfect track record. No, and if, you're, if your track record is perfect, you're probably boring and shouldn't be making art. Your wallpaper. Your wallpaper. And I don't care what you have to say because you have nothing important. Make say. like Violet Beauregard and get licked. That is what I say. Because <laughs> they lick that wallpaper in that movie. They do. It's true. And uh, it tastes like schnozberries. Sh- yeah, that's right. It is schnozberries. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. We, we talked about this the Tony's. Like, it was a far-reaching conversation. I really First of all, it. that's how this podcast works. Uh, this is how you know PJ's only looked at my Instagram and not listened to That's not to the true. Podcast. I have absolutely listened to your podcast. I listened to your Phantom episode because Phantom no. was closing and I went, well, I should be doing more research about Phantom of the Opera. No way. And so I went, who do I trust? I trust Matt. Hallelujah. That that was a so, very boom. Yes. Thank you very much. I, I read for filth. That <laughs> that actually is a very exposing episode. I talk about a lot of my uh, teenage demons in that show. Uh, not in that show, in my life that relate to that show. But that was a yeah, that was actually a moment where I had not speaking of Mormon, mm-hmm. a long running show, Phantom of the Opera, had not thought about it for a long time, did mm-hmm. not delve deep into it. And I was like, for this episode, I must. So I did. And I was like, oh shit. Didn't remember that this is exactly what this story is and how the mirrors have mirrored. Mm. And maybe that's why I'm so hard on it, but I don't care. Uh, that Again, is my own. It's good for you. It's your opinion. It's about, it's, it's, it's also my journey it. life. But that's also the thing about theater that's so yeah, exciting. Is let it be your opinion. Who, who you, but who you are on the day that you see that show will actually influence how you feel about that show. Yeah, and it should. Yeah. And, and you know, that's again, that's what makes it such a beautiful thrilling and sensitive thing no bootleg will capture 
the energy of a show. No mm, professional recording mm, will fully capture the energy no. of that show, or you being in the in the theater watching it for the first time right. or for the third time. It's every every how you feel about a show is dependent on your journey when you come to it, and then when you come to it again. Right. Uh, I've got a question for you. Yes, yes sir. Um, which feels more on topic. Yeah. Um, we keep being sitting here on our high horses. Saying, well, the shows shouldn't need the Tony Awards. They should be doing things that get them publicity that isn't just the Tonys. Mm -hmm. What should shows be doing? Well, first of all, I'm not sitting. I, maybe I did say this. I don't know. It's, we've been talking for a very a long, long time. I don't think we were saying, uh, you know, in a in a in a judgmental way. No, shows should be doing that. Don't rely on the Tonys. I think we were just talking. We things we were talking about was just, you know how there is it's an outdated model and right. we're all aware of it right and it's just now the conversation is as you said what do we do yeah. first Ball of all die. <laughs> first of all just fucking ticket outreach ticket outreach affordable tickets to students to low-income households is just getting getting word out there in general word out butts and seats yes uh word of mouth is huge in that respect so Great. just get butts and seats get people talking about it uh you just need to get uh social media any kind of tv outreach you can do okay no matter what uh, get people to fall in love with your actors so they then start watching the show. Couldn't agree more. Get as many clips of your show out there. Uh, you know, I would love it if plays would do this more of just like 45 seconds out of one scene, of yeah. a very compelling scene. Yeah. And like, what's happening here and how does this end? And then, and yeah. then I'm going to Or like, like they do that in the Oscars where it's like, you know, you're going to get a clip of a performance mm -hmm. and you're going to go, oh, fuck, that was nominated for Best Actress. Yeah. She looked like she was really acting. I got to go see that show. You, if you are producing a Broadway show, you need to. I think what something that Shucks did very intelligently was they put into the capitalization of that show money so they could lose money for the first couple of weeks mm -hmm. of previews and early performances of just like we are getting butts and seats, yep. so we are doing very cheap tickets yep. below our running costs. We're, we, it's built into our capital, right? And then also building into your capital, just money on marketing in right. general. Just yeah. get it out there. Get the get the title out yeah. there. Get I people, love the shot campaign. It's yeah. great. It's great. It's, it's similar to something Ron, where it didn't really tell you much about the show, but it just it was a bold campaign, and it was everywhere. Everywhere. Although I think I still think there should be more. It, corn's really easy to buy. I don't know why I'm not tripping over corn cobs on my way to the theater. Every this day. is true. I, it's like I just litter it about. I say pop pop and <laughs> continue. <laughs> So what else? So I, I, I'm, I, I agree with you. I, I think you need to make them – you need to – I think that shows should be making you fall in love with both on stage and off stage. Mm -hmm. I think that off stage is something that should be being captured and the rehearsal process should be being filmed. We yeah. should be having – like this should be something that it's like it's coming. Look at us. We're putting yeah. it together. It's almost here. I, th I think that there should be a, a blend of giving you a lot and giving you nothing at the same time. Mm. Show clips of the rehearsal process all throughout, major moments, and then start – retreating after that of like fun showing you only little pieces yeah once it's in the theater once it's on the stage yeah uh, i mean think about the phantom loadout we all have been seeing that loadout on instagram <gasps> yeah. and the process of it and, amazing. Uh, and like watching that set get deconstructed and watching that theater get loaded out we are all yeah mesmerized oh, by it's amazing it. reverse that for your show i completely agree that's an absolutely fantastic business model thank that's you very much but also idea. we're not marketing people so i i no. want to put it into the hands of people who i i have friends who have been on this pod who are in marketing? Yeah. Who they've got ideas. Yeah. Let them have ideas. I agree. You're out. Yeah, I totally agree. I think. Uh, how do you feel then about like the live capture? How then do you feel about? I'm super down for it. Me too. 
I think it's, I think, again, because, like, I think everyone's really scary when it comes to live captures where it's like, well, what, if they can see it in a, t- in a movie theater, then they're not going to come in person. Not and if I, the product's good. A hundred percent. And I think that, like, Hamilton, you know, really dispelled that rumor mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, my mom can't wait to come see Hamilton yeah. because she's watched it so many times in person. This, but this is not also... Person, but, Disney. But also, not even that, thinking about how it affects the original run of your show mm-hmm. is just thinking too small mm. think about what it does for the legacy of your show overall you're yeah. wearing a fucking diana t-shirt right now yeah i am people are still making videos of diana think of the original video of into the woods and what that video has done right? for the livelihood of that, that show. is that is the the real the real ace in the hole yeah. when it comes to this argument which is like it's beloved because kids could grow up on it mm-hmm. and kids can't uh, you, you can you can pop in a tape for an eight year old who wants to watch it over and over and over again, and you can't take that same eight year old to Broadway night after night after night if you live in Minnesota. Nope. Like it, I I completely agree. I think we are way behind the times when it comes to getting cameras in theaters, mm-hmm. and I think that why it, we are filming everything at all times in every other industry. Mm-hmm. Why has Broadway left so much money on the table by Be- not doing? Because it's thing? expensive up front, and no one's thinking in the longer terms. That is, and 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 not everything needs to be captured, but it's just but something capture that, some of it. We're cap- well, you're you're just missing so yeah. much money. Like so much yeah. can be done. I am devastated that we do not have a live. Uh, professional capture of Fun Home on Broadway. Mm, mm. That show would be fuck it. That would be winning prizes at Cannes. Yeah, if that were filmed professionally, the way that Spike Lee filmed Passing Strange. But like, and and, mm. and that's a show that did not do well on Broadway. No. It did not save the Broadway production, especially because he filmed the last three performances. But it's on YouTube. It's yeah. on streaming yeah. services. People know of that show. I I am convinced, and, can, and have the opportunity to then fall in love with it again yeah. in a way that they never would have. And gives it regional productions that I don't think it ever would have if that film did not exist. I completely agree. Yeah, it's and it's the same thing with cast recordings, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Cast Every show needs a cast recording. Yeah, in order to survive, because yeah. it's just it. Even if your show f- flops in its original run, it will live on with that cast recording yes. and get people in- excited about it. Yes, no one is doing Mac and Mabel or all, all over the world because they had heard once that it flopped. No. They listen to the cast recording and they go, "I love this score. Yeah. I want to do it." Yeah, yeah. You know? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Um. I don't know why we don't have more TV shows that like are capturing how a Broadway show gets made, beginning, middle, and end. Because they tried it with Smash and it sucked. No, no, I, no, I don't. I don't mean Smash. I mean a documentary oh, crew documentary. that literally does this. Okay, here we go. It's day one of rehearsal, all the way through to yeah. opening night, and and that's again, that's a big flex. Because what if it's a total flop? But guess what? That's TV. Yeah, that's you're gonna have people who fall in love with Broadway because they've seen how amazing it is, and by the end of the season. You know, they're crossing their fingers to yeah. see if it's a hope. Like, that right there, if some production was brave enough to do that, would be revolutionary. Absolutely. Would be incredible television. And I would then be like, that's a reality TV show that I will watch. Because now, I am. you're giving me the pulp that I want. Because mm-hmm. Broadway is dramatic. And, but it's still educational. It's still exactly something that I want. And I, I don't know why that hasn't happened yet. I want someone to do it. I I feel like people are afraid of giving uh, the milk away for free without, or whatever that phrase is. Uh, it, it more is more. You know, why, 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 buying a cow and you can get the milk free, that, that kind of thing. I think that's stupid. And, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Again, it comes back to what we were saying with the Tonys of like, let people in. make Let them let feel like people insiders. fall in love with you. Yeah. Let, let them, people fall in love with you. <laughs> let them get in. If they get invested in you, yeah. they will follow you yes. and they will tell other people to follow. Yes. And that's all 
you need. Just get people to talk about you, get excited mm-hmm. about you, invested in you. And again, let people see your passion. Let yeah. people see your genius. Let mm-hmm. people see, like, I, again, it's like, what's happening in that room? It's like, oh, they'll steal it. They'll never steal it because they're not you. Yeah. Like, let them copy and try. Let yeah. them find, and again, it's like, I think we, it's this gatekeeper mentality of like, oh, this is, you can't see how the sausage is made. It's like, no, let's, let's, yeah. let's show you this process. Yeah. And that will inspire a generation of other writers who go, oh, that's how they did it. My God, it's like, I think we, what's why we love the, you know, it's why we love the documentary of the, you know, the company cast album being made. Yeah. It's like, we're like, we can't get our eyes off of this thing. It, it really, it, it's, it's inspiring to an, a whole, to generations of artists who then are like, oh man, it is a little messy. Man, I can kind of forgive myself a little bit. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think that that's, the, that the secret needs to be letting us behind the scenes. Absolutely. In every sense. Yeah. Inside, outside, behind, under, in front. <laughs> get, get all over me. That's what I want. All over. Rain on me. Rain on me. All right. So I think this is a good moment to start wrapping things up. I think so, too. Before we do the official wrap-ups, we have two reviews that we need to read. Oh, please. Oh, this is fun. We always read them. Uh, so th- I will be adding this in post. But <clears throat> uh, I always ask my listeners for more reviews, ratings, uh Five stars helps with the algorithm. And I got two new uh, reviews since last week's episode, and I would like to give them their due. All right. Cue the light in the piazza overture music. Five stars, a delight, written by Beth, and then in parentheses, not March. (laughs) Thank you for that. This is the only podcast for which I get genuinely excited when a two or more hour long episode shows up in my feed. I always find myself laughing out loud and talking back when listening. Matt is a delightful host. He doesn't hold back on sharing his opinions, but he's never mean spirited. Thank you. Listening to Broadway Breakdown has helped me fill in some holes in my musical theater knowledge mm. and helped me figure out why I like what I like. Yeah. I'm so happy I found it. Beth, we literally were just talking about this all is of those. It. This is exactly it. Yeah, this is it. Review number two. The best podcast around. One star. No, five. <laughs> five stars. As someone who lives in Philly, I often travel into the city to catch a Saturday matinee. A trip to Broadway does not feel complete without an episode of Broadway Breakdown to accompany me on the train home. Matt's wit and insight into the theater world is the best travel companion this boy could ask for. Thank you. That's that is beautiful. I've got some fucking great listeners. That's I, really great. Every now and then they'll write something uh, specifically to make me giggle. Uh, they'll put in like a Sally Murphy reference or a Kimberly Akimbo reference or a smile reference because I love smile. That's great. Yeah. I, I really love that. I'm so glad that your work is so fulfilling. I mean, in this moment it's fulfilling. I'm going to go home tonight and I'm going to cry myself to sleep. Uh-huh. I because know. Because with I know. the highs comes the 100%, but it's, depressive lows. It's important to talk about that too. And I think that this is another thing that people are desperate for is be like they want in a, in a business that pays you to be on all mm-hmm. the time for people to be real about what that life is like. Yeah. And it is hard. And I don't think we should be afraid of allowing people to see the struggle and the weakness and the like, how the fuck am I going to do this yeah. when it comes to presenting a product that we want to be perfect? Absolutely. And and to to constantly go on about like not only wanting the positivity, only showing the good. Let's not trash other shows. Let's mm-hmm. not wish for shows to close. I'm like, first of all, you know, the people who are trashing or wishing ill on other shows are people who are not in this to know how hard it is. Yeah. But you can still be in this, know how hard it is, and still say, this 
experience I had on Broadway was not good. The, or yeah. I had a great experience, but the show we were in was not very good. Yeah. I, I have come to know a few people working on Bad Cinderella, and they are having a ball, but they know the show's not good. I, there you go. And that's totally okay. Isn't that beautiful? It's one, I think that's a wonderful thing to do. I think so, too. Would you rather be in a show you know is not good, but it's a wonderful experience, than to be in a show that is so artistically fulfilling, but the, the experience has been— But at been, what cost? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It has been rough. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's a question. I, yeah, I think that I think that in a in a if you were lucky enough to have a long career in this industry, you will find out both of those. Yeah, you will you will be like, man, whoa. Because I have another friend, uh, won't say who, won't say what show, but they were in a show in let's say like the last five years. Mm-hmm. Make it a wide mm-hmm. net because I really don't want people to find out. Was in a show that was very well received, mm-hmm. did well, in every, in every artistic sense, and like they had highs with it. But there were a lot of backstage lows, just like interpersonal, emotional in their own life with coworkers in the collaborative process just like was very, very rough and draining and not always great for them as a person. But yeah. the artistic uh, outcome was good and and perceived by everyone as good. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and, neither, and neither thing cancels out the other. No. They are allowed to have been devastated by events that happened to them working on that show Mm -hmm. while also saying I was lucky to be employed to be doing something that I thought was good Mm -hmm. that was artistically fulfilling Mm -hmm. that this is all important that's that's the business that's really cool and even then it's like we you can you can go for miles talking about you know what it's like to be in a new show like everyone's was in Brad Dad Cinderella and like their life you, you know, every day it's like, okay, we know we're going to wind down. And so we're like the backstage is full of these highs and this, like this bittersweetness. Mm-hmm. And it's way different than the temperature of what it's like to be in the Book of Mormon, a show that's been running for 12 years. And, and you know, people people are, are comfortable. Yeah. What happens when performers are comfortable versus what happens when performers are crossing their fingers and toes and hoping to make it to the Tonys? That's a really different, two very different experiences a, a block away from each other and mm-hmm. doing the exact same job. Yep. And I think that's a cool thing, too, that people would like to know about. When there's something to prove, there's a lot you can gain. Mm. Mm. Go on. Say more. Which in any artistic endeavor. We were talking about this earlier about writers who are very smart, yeah. but then use their platform to show how smart they are because they think they're right. better than everyone else. When you are reaching for something... Scrappy. Yeah. yeah. When you're reaching for something, you have the ability to achieve something Mm. when you are lowering yourself to something, even if it turns out okay, that's not an achievement. You have, you have been gracing us with your presence. And yes, exactly. (laughs) That is as tasty as a dust covered candy cane that is 12 years old. You know, that is, that is all I mean. Um, But it's the same thing with performers too. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's something to prove for you on that stage, the, the outcome is great. I, I, I'll, yep, I, there you go. I've said this before as well. I know for a fact that at the revival of Color Purple, that was a cast packed to the ceiling with incredible talent. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of resentment backstage that not everyone was getting their flowers. Mm. And rather than have that destroy any you know, kind of camaraderie, because they're first of all, they're professionals and, and good people. Yep. They're not going to do that. Yeah. But they're like, okay, tonight I go out there and Spielberg's going to discover me. Oh. And so, again, rather than be resentful, they go out there and they channel into their performance. They go, I'm going out there with everything I have, and someone's going to notice, and I am going to get 10 new fans today. Let's go. And as a gay boy, 
who saw that show three times and got pregnant every time, <laughs> I benefited from that cast going out there and yeah. be like, it and, is me. And put, and like just here to fucking do it. Mm-hmm. And that ownership of their talent and that like, again, again, like going out there to achieve something, mm-hmm. not going out there to collect your paycheck. Yeah. Those. To, to, uh, to grace the audience. And you. you can tell, mm. you can feel it when you're uh, watching the show, mm-hmm. who is in what mindset. Oh, uh, yeah. I have I have seen it quite often. It, what it's depressing is when it happens early in a run. Yeah. When someone gets too comfy too soon. As, especially when it's been But God I, bless him, isn't that the dream to get comfortable? I don't know. That's the other side. For me I'm like for I'm like I'm, I'm like good for you. You've worked so hard. Get, get cozy. But get, but you better keep giving me the sauce. Get comfortable in your life, not in your art. Eey, that's say that again. Get comfortable in your <sighs> life, not in your art. That I'm putting that on a t-shirt. That's no, really good. Trademark merch, baby. Do it. That's make the it, fucking merch. I say make make it merch. I, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna make put, it. Put that on a sticker. I'll buy it. Yeah. Take take your work. Take the work seriously, not yourself. Mm. Get comfortable in your life, not your art. You heard it here. Bam, bam, boom, boom, boom. Call me Alexis Mateo, cause bam, bitch. That's it. All right, PJ. Yep. This has been delightful. It was really nice, Matt. Thank you. A new friendship has been born. Yeah, I think so. Uh, tell Justin Mendoza that he's been replaced by you in my life. Oh, fair. I can't play the piano. <laughs> can he? Uh, no. <laughs> Both he and his husband can very well. Yeah, very kinda, well. It's very stupid. It's annoying. But uh, where can people find you if you want them to find you? Uh, please find me. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok and everywhere else at PJADZ, which is short for PJ Adzema. And you can find me at the Eugene O'Neill Theater in the Book of Mormon playing Elder McKinley eight times a week. He turns it on to turn it off. That's right. If you know what I mean. That's right. And we keep that bar high, baby. Yes, we do, baby. Uh, if you want to follow me, I am on Instagram only at Matt Coplick, usual spelling. Facebook is for family only. Uh, <laughs> again, if you like the podcast, give us a nice five-star rating or a little review. The ones you guys have been sending lately have been baller. Please keep sending them in. I, I love uh, everyone's creativity and their earnestness with these reviews. It's been just a dream and they've been keeping me from crying lately so thank you for that uh always important yes there is a patreon i will actually link it to this episode i keep forgetting to do that because i actually haven't updated the patreon in a few months but i'm going to start doing that now uh so yeah that's it uh pj we close out every episode Mm -hmm. with a broadway diva uh honestly played in post uh we are now at the stage where we're just getting to you know repeats so i want to ask you what broadway diva would you like to uh have us close out today oh my gosh yeah. Uh, I, you know, Bernard Peters really came to my mind, but I'm sure people say her a lot. They do, and I usually turn them down. But because you're an ally and, you're, <laughs> and you've been doing the work, I'm willing to let I'm willing to give you Bernadette. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, we'll close out with Bernadette. Great. So catch us next week, guys, uh, when we have a old friend of the pod come on, and we're going to talk about our favorite past Tony Award performances. Mm, ah, I can't wait for that one. It's going to be a good one. Uh, and that'll be it for now. Yeah. So thank you so much. Have a great week, you guys, and take us away, Bernie. Bye. Should have said Carol Channing. Oh, go fuck yourself.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.